The 700 Tapes podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not own any of the clips you will be hearing on this program. The 700 Tapes podcast will contain adult language and adult content. If you're easily offended, please stop listening now. In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. deceased it says live people ignore the strange and unusual i myself am strange and unusual sure 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 go ahead shoot. Well, for instance uh what are your qualifications ah well i attended juilliard i'm a graduate of the harvard business school i travel quite extensively i lived through the black plague and i had a pretty good time during that i've seen the exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time i see it not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? What is taking them so long? Oh, is it bad that they're taking this long? It's not good or bad. It just, it just means that they're probably having a debate. You know, Johnny, it may be time to play the Beetlejuice card. What do you mean? I mean saying his name three times. What? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Hey, shut up! You fucking crazy? We don't want that guy running around in here. No, Johnny, he'll be on our side. He'll help us. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Here, you are meddling with powers you do not understand. Cut the shit. What's up, freaks and weirdos? Believe it or not, the song you're hearing in the background is coming straight out of Roman's mouth. I don't know how he's doing it, how it's happening. He's dancing around. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm actually able to throw my voice out. Oh, man. That's amazing. <laughs> What's up, freaks and weirdos? Jasperino here, and this is... The 700 Tapes Podcast, coming to you from the outlands of Arizona. Guess who's back? Back again. We've been gone for a little while. Uh, 
Life happens now and then. Look, that's the best way to describe it. Life fucking happens. We had a, a series of events accost us individually. Mm-hmm. We uh, got called on special assignment to Central America. We had to go rescue a downed helicopter yeah. with a U.S. senator in it. Yeah. Ran into this creepy creature that could disguise itself. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's man. A, that's a, never mind. That was something else. That was the first time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we, uh, I don't know. Roman's been slam city with he, what he does. Definitely. And uh, I, my computer exploded. Yeah. We're actually broadcasting from a new computer. So if the sound quality is a little different, it's because for some reason the soundboard works way better on this computer. As you just heard, I just accidentally scraped my hand against the mic stand and it totally picked up i'm actually <laughs> the mics are, are like half of the volume that i usually have them at and i'm sitting way away from mine so yeah if this sounds funny uh, bear with us we are going to fix that as time goes on we like to do everything on the fly here on the mm-hmm. 700 tapes podcast um yeah my uh, my computer crashed i had a death in the family and had to go to texas for a week wow um my condolences because I, I didn't know that part oh oh i'm sorry Definitely yeah i did uh, not know that i uh, my brother-in-law died uh unforeseen circumstances gotcha let me just say this i don't want to get this out of the way real quick life is precious definitely because uh, my brother-in-law went to the hospital with a migraine mm-hmm. and never came home turned out he had um cancer didn't know it Wow. And that, yeah, that night he slipped away and that fast. So, you know what? On this Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this, hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Definitely. Because you never know when the last time you're going to talk to them is going to be. Definitely. So, that's your public service announcement brought to you by the 700 Tapes Podcast. And uh, you can check us out online at uh 700 tapes podcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line via email uh let us know if you want to see something or if you like the podcast or if you got any harsh criticisms for us or you want to tell us how much you love us you want <laughs> roman's phone number joined by the man the myth the legacy i i forgot to say that it's been over a month so we're a little rusty the man the myth the legacy mr roman alvarado how you doing this afternoon to be honest i could not be any better that's awesome you know, um i feel like a hand in the glove you know right back in this chair oh yeah i just want to say i'm happy to see you i look i look yeah, nice I'm lay eyes on you definitely happy to see you like you said um you know life is precious and it seems like you know adverse adversity hits you know at the times that it's supposed to hit yeah and um sometimes you just have to power through the shit you know and uh, i feel like this last month has been definitely that for us individually and as you know host of this podcast so i'm i am fucking ecstatic nice. to be back and to be even in your presence in this um, oh man fold up missile silo hell yeah <laughs> so it's um uh, to be honest i am i couldn't be in better spirits awesome me too i've been excited all day hell yes and we want to invite you guys to join us sit down put your headphones on smoke them if you got them Drink them if you got them. Whatever you need to do to relax. The world's a crazy place right now. Right. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. You're hearing a lot of negative shit from both directions, everywhere. We want this to be a place where you can sit down, chill out, forget the craziness for a little while, 
And uh, let's review some VHS. We are a... And indulge. Yes. Shout out to my boy TJ. He's a big fan of the podcast. He likes to light up and listen. (laughs) And uh, he says it makes his experience way better. So thank you, sir. Shout out to your dad. Uh, We actually were supposed to do this on Father's Day. Mm -hmm. I had a Father's Day intro all lined up. Um, and it just, you know, unforeseen things. We ended up not hooking up on Father's Day and then the week after and then the week after. And it's here we are. I've lost track of the weeks, but we're back in the game. We're back in the saddle again, bringing VHS content to you in the lower contiguous 48 United States and all over the world. Woo! We are worldwide, baby. We are coming for you, whether you are in Hawaii, Alaska, Germany, Budapest, Iran, Afghanistan, yeah. Antarctica, wherever you choose to listen from, we are going to bring you solid entertainment. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook at the 700 Tapes Podcast. Check out our Facebook group. You When you go to our page, you can hit that little button that says go to group. It'll take you to the group. You guys can discuss things amongst yourselves, post nice. pictures, send us messages. Find us on Instagram at 700tapes. Um, where else are we? Twitter. Twitter. We're on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, seven, <laughs> Is Jasperino? Uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't. Oh my God! It's been a while. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't really use Twitter. Yeah, I, I got the Twitter on there, and everything I post on Instagram goes straight to Twitter. Right. I don't really look at it much. Um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Jasperino underscore 700 tapes, or it might just be 700 tapes. You can find us if you look hard enough. That's your mission is right. to find us on Twitter, right? Because. I'm just old enough that I still use technology, but it's starting to frighten me a little bit. Oh, shit. So, uh, there we go. Um, Yeah, that's where we've been. That's what we've been doing. Today, as you could see from our intro, we are doing Beetlejuice. We're going to try not to say it three times in a row. Right. Um, That Father's Day intro that I originally did for this episode will be put in as a stinger at the end of the episode. So, if you want to hang out at the end... After everything's over with, you will get that intro. That's a little special thing we're throwing in for you guys. Hell yeah. It's funny, so you guys got to go listen. It is good. It is good. I spent a lot of time on it. And then uh, I was going to do it. We were going to do it the week after. And I was going to be like, Father's Day is over when we say it's over. But now it's been like two weeks and it's not funny anymore. So Right. Here we are. All right. So before we go any further, <laughs> I was in Texas okay. for a week. Gotcha. Which I don't know why anybody lives in Texas because it's hot and it's humid. And I was grouchy the whole time I was there. I was sweaty. I couldn't breathe. Damn. One good thing came out of that trip. Okay. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram or not. I ran to the giant Macho Man Slim Jim stand at uh, the gas station on the way. Somewhere deep in the heart of Texas. I, uh... Looking for your phone? I think I left my phone in the garage. That's all right. If you go on Instagram... If you find us on Instagram... You will see the uh, Macho Man Slim Jim's uh, display at the gas station that I stopped at on the way to Dallas. They were, you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas. These were Texas-sized Slim Jims. Oh, Jesus Christ. They were freaking huge. So, being the fan of the Macho Man, I know you are. Right, right, right. I had to grab you. Oh, oh, yeah. 
Dude, look at the size of my beef stick right oh, here. Oh, <laughs> pause. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I get that a lot. Holy <laughs> shit. So that's like, for you, my friend. This is bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're stuck in here with me for three minutes. Right? <laughs> this is badass. Dude, that's, like, <laughs> is that not the biggest Slim Jim you've ever seen in your life? I feel like I can break into a car with this Slim Jim. Right? I looked at that, <laughs> and I was like, I got to get this for Roman. Hell, yeah. For <laughs> sure. Like, like that, look. I don't think I've ever been so excited to see a beef stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, uh, Yo, it says savage on it. It's look, this awesome. thing is fucking bad ass. So if you can do me a favor, maybe take a picture of that. Look, oh take yeah, a picture of look. you with that. Send it to my phone oh so I can put it on Instagram. Yeah. So by the time you guys hear this podcast, you can actually jump on Instagram and see a picture of when I gave Roman my, my meat stick. <laughs> <laughs> Only at the 700 Tapes podcast. You heard it here first. Yo, this is badass. Like, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Hell yeah. Because he is the epitome of fucking badass and like Bad I hate assery. saying this, I hate saying this word, but swag. Swag. He is, he is the epitome. I of got it. the swag. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. And I must be feeling better because I didn't make me choke this time, but I'm gonna cough a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. The macho man. He always kills my throat. Oh shit, that's funny. That is funny. So anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to be covering some Beetlejuice. We're going to have some fun. This is a VHS-only podcast. We are VHS purists. All of the movies that we review are straight from a VHS tape that I watched on a VCR sitting right here in front of me on my desk. Uh, We are bringing it to you. We hope that's what makes us stand out a little bit. And uh, what have you been doing the uh, past few weeks here? So last week... Uh, last weekend, I actually went to California, so I had um, a friend of mine come out and uh, went to California, did some sightseeing. Of course, the weekend prior to that was Father's Day. Right. Um, like you said, you know, we had we had everything lined up, and as soon as I was on my way here, shit happens. Oh shit! Yeah. You know, it, it was Father's Day, and I was like, ah, uh, and I really, really wanted to come. You know, I really, 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 really wanted to just get back in the seat. You know, right. get back in the saddle. And um, I just kind of figured I'm like, it's Father's Day. Again, going back to the you never know what's going to happen kind yep. of thing. So yep. taking the moments that you can. Um, all in all, it you know, again, it's just been great just living life and um, understanding the importance of fellowship and brotherhood. Nice. Um, again, I'm fucking stoked to be back, man. Hell yeah. Super stoked. Did you uh, watch any movies? Um, let's see. Did I? Can I think of anything that I did watch? Um. Oh, I, I watched uh, the. It's a, a movie called. It's a subtitle movie on Netflix. It's called the. Uh, fuck. The the <laughs> the blacksmith and the devil. Oh. Yeah. That sounds interesting. So it's a uh, it's um. Uh, like a, a folklore tale yeah. about um, a guy that comes back from the war. It's like in Europe or whatever. He comes back from war, uh, and it's like in the fucking 1800s or something like that. Uh-huh. So um, he comes back from the war, and his wife thought he died because they, they sent a message back saying his whole platoon or whatever right, right. was was messed up. So 
she remarried. Oh so no. So he comes he comes back, you know, like he he he's like I you know, I came back for my wife and you know, she's pregnant. She had a she had a oh. kid. So he, he goes into a fit of rage and I think he kills the husband. Oh crap. And um I think he ends up committing suicide because she commits suicide. So um, the demon that came to take him, he trapped. So he, he trapped him in a cage and he's pretty much tormenting, you know, the demon that was supposed to torment Dang. him. Um, so what happens is the, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you the rundown of it. So the, the baby that she had with the other the, guy, with the other guy, yep. Now becomes an orphan, and the the church took them in, took the baby in. So, uh-huh. um, the blacksmith has his his house all like boarded up and stuff like that. Like, don't enter. Like he has instead of, you know the, uh, like his gate was like keep out. He had like spikes and stuff in front of his Dang. gate to like don't fucking come in here, right? So, the the orphan girl, um, she ends up going over there not knowing that there was any connection to them. You know, it's it's always the scary person at the end of the block kind of right. thing. So she goes in there and sees the de- you know the devil, because you know you automatically see a demon, you automatically think it's the devil. Right, right. So uh, all this hell breaks loose and stuff like that. It, it was pretty badass for it to be. You know, it kind of started off a little slow, uh-huh. but um, I don't remember the exact title, but I do know that it was you know the blacksmith and the devil. But wow. it's like uh, it's almost. So was that the title, but in a foreign language? Yes, and and, uh. and it says it. It says that at the bottom, but it's almost like uh, it reminded me of um, Dante's Inferno. Nice. Something similar to that. What language was it? Uh, I don't know because they they have the 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 dubbed over subtitles. Oh, uh, okay. So it, it was you know bad dub overs, but at right. the same time it it was entertaining as fuck. That's like, cool. And it wasn't like you know. He, he ends up going to hell and everything. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's badass. I actually got... Um, I've gotten the chance to catch up on a lot of movies that I've been wanting to see that yeah. I haven't seen yet. So that's pretty... Because we... Uh, I've been making trips. Here's a plug for the Maricopa Public Library. Because this quarantine thing's been kind of good and kind of bad for certain things. But like... Right. There's nowhere else to go. Like, you can't go out to the movies. You can't go out and sit at a restaurant and eat. You can't do this or that. So we started going to the library because the nice. library is open. Which my, is surprising. I've been taking my kids to the library, and they dig it. They nice. grab some books. They Because they have books. They have graphic novels. They have CDs. They have DVDs, Blu-rays. So I've been grabbing Blu-rays. Uh, they have pretty current movies there. So I've caught up on a bunch of shit that uh, I've been wanting to see that I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh, Brightburn. Okay. Have you seen that? So that's pretty much the opposite story of Superman. Yes. If uh, Superman had been an entitled little punk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have not. I had not gotten to see that. I watched that. Um, I enjoyed it. I gotcha. It was pretty cool. Um, I would recommend it. I just watched the new Grudge movie okay. yesterday. Any, any good? Um, it was all right. I thought it was a relaunch, but it's actually connected to the other movies. Which is, because there's what, two of them or three? Um, well, the, it depends on what you go on. The, so, here's the thing about The Grudge. The The original title of the movie in Japan was Juon. Okay. They had Juon, The Curse, and then Juon 2. Gotcha. Um, and then, they when they did them in America, it was the Sarah Michelle Gellar, The Grudge, and The Grudge 2. Right. Um, the Japanese ones are far superior. 
gotcha. to the American ones. Um, Typical, you know. But I enjoy them. They're a slow burn. Okay. But if you're into suspense and kind of, you know, a building kind of story, then I think you'd dig it. Okay. Um, it gets a little confusing. This one's, well, because the other ones were kind of like that, too. Um, it was very Pulp fictiony, jumping back and forth in timelines. Really? So you had to really pay attention to who was what, because there's like three or four different stories going on of the cursed house with people in it. Huh. So if you're watching it casually, you're like, who are these people? There was a family just living here, and now there's an old couple living here. I don't understand what's going on. You got to really keep kind of pace pace on what's happening. And oh, this is this timeline. This is this timeline because they're jumping a couple of years back and forth. Damn. But uh, I enjoyed it because I do like the Grudge movies in general. Okay. So I thought it was good. It was way better than a. They had the Ring trilogy. Rings came out a few years ago. Right. So I thought this new Grudge movie was better than Rings. Okay. Even though Rings was okay, but I comparing the two, I like this one better. Um, I watched Pet Cemetery last night, not the remake, the okay. original, because I I found a DVD, uh, Blu-ray at a. Here's my plug for Zia Records. Right. I found a a, a double <laughs> Blu-ray set at Zia Records, several Valley locations, one near you, and um, it had the remake <laughs> and the original in it, gotcha. in like a two Blu-ray set. So I bought that. I rewatched the original because it's literally probably been 15 years since I've watched it. Damn. But we watched it last night. It was really, you know, it stands up. It really holds up well. And uh, we are going to maybe watch the remake tonight, depending on what time we wrap here. I don't know. But right. I haven't seen the remake yet. I've heard mixed reactions about it online. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. So I do know that uh, Fred Gwynn will also always be right. the old guy across he's, the street. Sometimes dad's better. He's always <laughs> going to be, you know fucking third rock from the sun uh oh uh, yeah that john lithgow from the first that's the remake yes fred gwynn was herman munster he oh, was the yeah, guy yeah, from yeah, the original yeah. movie that's what i was saying I, I i haven't seen john lithgow do it yet but i know i'm gonna like fred gwynn's better already because he's always sometimes dad's better don't go down there <laughs> you ever see that uh there was a family guy sketch they did on that where he's going don't go down to that pet cemetery. Right down that path, right over there. It leads to it. Don't go to it. Two lefts to the right. Get to the pet cemetery. Down that path right there. But don't go. <laughs> Yo, like, the funny thing is with, like, Family Guy, you can tell it's it's so rooted in everything that the creators, you know, grew up with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everything that they're involved in as of now, you know, it is so pop culture Dude, pop, they did a skit one time. Some of their, their little, because it always starts out with... Uh, this is worse than the time I blah, 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 and it goes to something crazy. Right. They did one so obscure one time. There's a commercial from the 80s uh -huh. that I remember from a, being a kid, but I'm wondering how many of the audience remembered it. It was for some kind of fruit spread, and they were like, can you please pass? It was like, can you please pass the great poupon? But it was like a fruit <laughs> spread. Like, can you pass the fruit spread, blah, 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 and then there's like... It's a fancy dinner party. And then there's some hillbilly sitting at the table, like overalls. He goes, "Could you please pass the jelly?" <laughs> and then the old lady's like, "Oh," and she faints. <laughs> but they they did a skit on that on Family Guy, and I was like, "Dude, I remember this that obscure commercial from the '80s. Who's gonna remember that? It's hilarious." But um, <laughs> what else did I see? I watched. Uh, oh my god! So I finally got to watch The Eyes of My Mother. Which is, is a film I've been wanting to see for a long... I actually bought it on Vudu because 
they had the sale a couple weeks ago. They had a bunch of movies on super sale for like four ninety nine. So I picked up a couple of them. Gotcha. And one of them was The Eyes of My Mother, which is a foreign film I've been wanting to see uh-huh. about a woman about a woman that watches her mom get killed as a little girl. But her mom was a uh, optometrist. She was an eye surgeon. Oh shit! So she had taught her like in the beginning of the movie, and it's black and white. It's very art art house type mm-hmm. stuff. Um. But like in the beginning of the movie, she's got a cow's head, and they're taking the eyes out, and she's cutting the eye open and showing the little girl how the eyes work, and she's like seven years old, Damn. and the mom's showing her all this. But um, I don't want to give too much away. If you not if you have not seen The Eyes of My Mother, you need to watch it. I was maybe 15 minutes into that movie, and I had said, holy fuck, like 12 times. Damn. Holy fuck. Dude, it jumps right in, and it doesn't stop. Damn. Like... It's like one crazy event after another in this girl's life. And it's like, and it follows her from childhood all the way through adulthood. Oh, man. And yeah, I can't even. I'm going to have to watch it. I can't even. Like, it's, <laughs> it was, it's very rare that I go into a movie expecting it to be crazy and for it to just above and beyond meet my expectations of the kind of craziness I thought I was going to be seeing. So that was pretty cool. Um, nice. I'm trying to figure out what else did I see. Um, I, I watched a lot of shit. Um, I've been kind of catching up on movies. Um, I don't know. If, did we talk about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Has it been? That I think long? we we probably touched on it a little bit because of the whole Helter Skelter kind of thing. Yeah. Did we talk about that on the podcast already? I, I can't remember so. if that was before or after Holly or Mother's Day. But I did watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, gotcha. and oh my god, I fell in love with that movie, because really? I've always been a big, um, I picked up the book Helter Skelter, uh-huh. that's about the Charles Manson murders in the 60s, Right. I picked that book up in a thrift store when I was 15, gotcha. and I never turned back. Like, I've been so fascinated by that whole case mm-hmm. ever since. Sharon Tate and all Sharon that. Tate, LaBianca. Um, the funny the, thing is, uh, so... I'm named after Roman Gabriel, the famous fo- uh, football player for the L.A. Rams. Uh-huh. And he kind of hung in that circle with Sherry really? and stuff. So, um, I remember I was talking to someone recently, probably about a year ago, I can't say recently. And um, uh, matter of fact, I was in Vegas. The guy was a L.A. Rams fan. So, the, the guy standing next to me was an L.A. Rams fan. And um, I was telling him, oh, yeah, you know, you guys just moved back to L.A. a couple years ago, blah, blah, blah. I told him my name, and he was like, holy shit. He's like, I can't say I've ever met Roman Gabriel, you know, ah, but I got to meet him. That's you cool. know, it was cool. And then he was like, man, you know, you, you know that, you, you know, you were kind of connected with the whole, you know, not me per se, but yeah, he's like, yeah, you were kind of connected with the whole Helter Skelter thing. Right. You know, kind of like how the, the Beach Boys were, yep, even though they yep. weren't. But it was just the affiliation of the people right. around. I was like, oh, shit. So here's something. So... The movie follows the. It's cool because it's following. It's got a story going, uh-huh. and the Manson thing is totally happening in the background gotcha. through the whole movie. And then Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt actually ends up at the Spawn Ranch, and it was just cool to see the Spawn Ranch like rebuilt from its heyday because it's burned down now. It's not there right. anymore, and just to see the characters and to know who the characters were. Oh, crap! That's Squeaky From. That's Sadie. <laughs> oh my God. That's, you know, just knowing who all these. There's Patricia Krenwinkel. Just knowing who all these people were, even though they weren't saying their names. Right. I could tell who they were who supposed they were, to be. Gotcha. Tex Watson, all that shit. And um, it's, it's following the Manson storyline in the background to the mm-hmm. very end of the movie. 
Tarantino takes it over, and it blew my mind. I I have I'm not have to watch it now. I have not been sitting at the end of a movie with my jaw hanging open since Fight Club. Damn. I have not been affected by a movie like this since Fight Club. Damn. Yeah. Fight Club changed my life. I say that all the time. After the credits were done rolling in that movie, I was still sitting there staring at the blank screen like, How what did I fuck? just see? Right. What did I just see? That, like that. Damn. Dude. So, yeah. I highly recommend Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's rewatchable. Nice. It is absolutely. I own it, and I'm going and to the, rewatch so, it many times. Uh, do they show Charles Manson? Yes. Does a guy look like him? Yes. Because that's always they been did my, a really good job. So I, I think there was a, um, a, like a, a series or whatever that they did because I've done a couple different. Uh, yeah. Charles Manson stuff. I have not watched that series yet. I know what you're talking but about. But I think that one. Uh, I like the guy that you know that they had him play, you know that had that uh, they chose to play Charles Manson right. because he had that creepy, he had that that um, presence about himself because right. that's what people always talk when they say Charles Manson. They say, you know, the people from the outside always say that he was just you know this weirdo kind of guy, mm-hmm. but the people that were around it, they're like, no, he was a a guy that was. Uh, you know, polarizing. Yep. He would he would bring you in, and it's already you're already in too deep before you realize that it's happened. And that's what everybody said about the Manson family. Everybody was like, "You'd never meet a nicer group of people." Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a whole thing going on now. Um, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast a few weeks back. He had the author of a book. This guy wrote a book about um. Um. Oh my God! Why are the names all escaping me now? The um, the guy that wrote Helter Skelter, he did a book on him. Gotcha. And the actual stuff in the Manson case that you never heard about. Damn. And there's some crazy shit. It's very conspiratorial. Like, um, Manson was part of the uh, the um, the mind altering project. The uh, you know what I'm talking about? Why is all this? Maybe I'm programmed or they don't want me to remember this shit. I don't oh, know. Oh, shit. But the, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The. Uh, Manchurian Candidate? No, but that kind of <laughs> shit. They had, uh, they had kind of released him into the wild to see how somebody that was just normal could control people with drugs. And they let him, uh, they let him get away with a lot of shit. Like, wow. The, he should have been picked up because he was breaking his parole that whole time like he should have been picked up three or four different times and the cops were told to let him go every time so they were trying to see i think he was part of an experiment gotcha mk ultra is what i'm talking about wow they were saying he was part of the mk ultra program they were doing lsd experiments and all kinds of other crazy shit with him to see what people could be led to do that that almost reminds me of uh kind of like what what happened with jeffrey dahmer like he he was let go on like multiple occasions, right? If I'm not mistaken, right? Like watching the, the story, I'm like, how well, the fuck? Well, even one of the dudes escaped mm-hmm. and yeah, went to the cops, and the cops took him back to exactly. his house and dropped him off. That's what, because they cut. I think dude's head was like cut open or yeah. something. It was like some Asian kid. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, so so that 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 kind of reminds me of that. That whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing it eats me up. But <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I just want to dig out a tooth and nail. Uh. You know what they found in Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, shower? 
Head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. <laughs> oh, shit. That's an oldie but a goodie. That, that's free for you guys today. Sorry, we couldn't we couldn't do it last week or the week before. Right. So you're going to get all these corny dad jokes now. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Something else uh, of note happened to me over the last couple weeks that oh, I'm very proud of. You're pregnant. No. <laughs> I should take a picture of this put it on Instagram, too. And this will be important if you're a collector. If you're not, you're not going to understand why I'm so excited. If you look at my desk, mm-hmm. you're going to see four. Count them four. One, two, three, four. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle oh, yeah. so tiki glasses. Uh-huh. Up until a week ago, I only had three Damn. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tiki glasses. I had Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael. I was missing Leonardo, which Dang. is the blue one right. that I'm holding in my hand. Right. I had been collecting these, and then as all of a sudden, when I went to get Leonardo, and I've been looking for like six or eight months now. Damn. When I went to get Leonardo, I couldn't find him. Dang. All of a sudden, Leonardo was gone. I couldn't get a hold of him. So I kept checking eBay. Every time I got paid, I'd go on eBay, and I'd look around, and I'd like, search. Looking, looking, looking. Can't find it. Search the rest of the internet. Can't find it. Collector sites. Can't find it. Everybody had the other ones. Just uh-huh. not the one I needed. Right. Finally, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I found my Leonardo. and He cost way more than I wanted to pay for him. Gotcha. But I was like, fuck this. I need to complete my set. Right. And now here it is in all its glory. I'm very excited about it. How much he cost you? Um... Not as much as I would make it out. So the first time I found it, it was like twelve bucks. Gotcha. I ended up paying twenty five for it. Gotcha. But that's still, I was like, yeah, I don't wanna, ah, but I need it. But so you, yep, I understand completely. So yeah. I paid twenty five dollars for for Leonardo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tiki shot glass. But uh, which I guess isn't bad considering. I mean, look, it is it is priceless, I got, and it was prime, so I got free shipping on it. Oh right. So I guess I made out a little bit. Would you have been mad if you got it here and it was broke? Dude, I might have done a podcast just about that. <laughs> I'd have called that dude out. I'd have been like, don't buy anything from him ever again. <laughs> 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 Anger. Yeah. They, you'd have seen me. Like me hey, you'd have seen me on the news riding and looting a, a Target. Fucking tiki glass. But that's badass, though, because there's nothing like a complete set. Right. And I'm very happy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's uh, That was a milestone in my life. Fuck yeah. It's the little things, you know what I mean? Yeah. The little things make you happy. Hell yeah. So anyway, uh, let's jump into Beetlejuice here. And people say money can't bring you happiness. Right? Shit. Shit. <laughs> what did I, I, was, I watched uh, D.L. Hughley stand up today while we were cooking. Uh-huh. Ro made some bread. Uh-huh. The first, it was her first time making bread from scratch. Oh, so we put on some Dio Hughley, and she well, I said she did it. I, I just kind of hung around. But um, what did he say? He did that whole thing where he said, they said, oh, he said, um, there's people that say, what did he say? Something was better than sex. Oh, he was talking about people being addicted to their cell phones. Uh-huh. They said, a study just came out saying people would rather be on their cell phone than have sex. He goes, she. I don't know what kind of cell phone y'all have. <laughs> That's funny because I, I don't think he's funny until oh, like really? recently. Until like I, I got love older. Bill Hughley. Like I fucking hated his show. Really? Yes. Oh, uh, his show was all right. It wasn't Bernie. No, hell, Bernie no. Mac. Hell no. Who you with? 
Yeah, bitch. Some of my bitch. I've been and looking I, at this goes, beef uh, stick this whole time. Right. I'm about to go savage on it. Dude, you need to do it. Pause. So if you guys hear crinkling, we ain't pausing. I want to hear you eating that shit. I'm gonna. We do it live like a suicide here on the Seven Hundred Taste Podcast. Oh, yeah. We're getting savage on some beef stick. Hell yeah. Yeah, he was like, I ain't fucking with no phone. I can't fuck no phone. <laughs> there he goes. So what you're hearing is that here he goes. Oh my god, I heard it. That beefy spicy crunch. What, what did he say? <laughs> beefy crunchy spice. Oh yeah. So uh, when Snap I watched into it. <laughs> when I watched the um the, the story on Macho Man, um, Eric Bischoff was saying that. Uh, w, you know, WWF let him go, mm-hmm. and he picks up this endorsement, and he was like, it brought a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, we were talking about that mm-hmm. on the last podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. This is bomb too. So while you enjoy that, I'm snap into some Beetlejuice. That, I'm trying to think what the tagline was. Like, Crazy BB Spice. <laughs> snap into it. Well, while you enjoy that, we're going to do a little thing we like to call... The 700 Tapes Pod. Oh, not that. Oh, man. I'm off my game. All right. <laughs> we're going to do a little... Okay, let's let's rewind that. While you enjoy that, uh-huh. while you snap into that Slim Jim, we're uh-huh. going to do a thing we call... The, the Tale of the This is the back of the Beetlejuice VHS. An uproarious ghost comedy. There hasn't been anything like it since Ghostbusters. What's a couple of live? Oh, sorry. What's a couple of likable, home-loving ghosts to do when their New England home is taken over by trendy New Yorkers? Let's get that Beetlejuice person they decide, so they contract the Afterlife's freelance bioexorcist to scare off the family, and everyone gets more than he, she, or it bargained for. You'll get more too. More comedy, more scares, more outlandish, gleeful, wanna-see fun than ever, because Beetlejuice is the name and laughter from the hereafter and for a long, long time to come. Director Tim Burton, who guided Pee-wee's Herman and Pee-wee's Big Adventure now teams with another irrepressible talent, Michael Keaton, night shift, Mr. Mom, clean and sober. As Beetlejuice, Keaton is jammed. He's jammed? Keaton is a jangled juggernaut of jokes, jolts, and jive. He hurls one-liners, spins into grotesque forms, gobbles insects, and just can't leave the ladies alone. Alec Baldwin, Knott's Landing, Married to the Mob, Gina Davis, The Fly, The Actional Tourist, and more join Keaton in a cast that puts the sugar in the supernatural spoof. Starring two is the movie's look. Burton and his crew create a fantastically innovative, screw-loose view of the world. And the next, you'll see monsters stalk, corpses wither, tentacles snatch, and an afterlife waiting room crammed with a goofy, ghoulish assortment of the recently deceased. Exercise your right to fun. Say the B-word three times and get that Beetlejuice person for yourself. You'll have a wonderful day-o. <laughs> so, I've read quite a few VHS tapes since we've been doing this podcast. Uh-huh. This has got to be... The corniest one I've ever read. Yeah. I think this guy was trying way too hard. I don't know who it was, but 
It was hard to read because it was fantastically fun, freaking foolery. <laughs> yeah. And I practiced this a couple of times. It still tripped me up. And it's long. It's yeah, really long. Definitely. So anyway, so believe it or not, there are no previews on this VHS tape. Um, when did it come out? Uh, when did Beetlejuice come out? 1985? Gotcha. Oh, let me pull up my trivia. Beetlejuice was released in 19... Oh, God. We're really out of practice here. I'm a little ashamed. Anyway. Um, Beetlejuice was released in... According to... <laughs> I don't know. It came. In, it was an eighty. Was it eighty-eight? Look at the, the top. It can't okay. be eighty-eight. No, no, no. The uh, the, Did I pass it? the tab. Oh, uh, was it really nineteen eighty-eight? I swear to God, I watched this in like sixth grade, and I wasn't in sixth grade in nineteen eighty-eight. I remember. Um, I guess it was nineteen eighty-eight. That means I was in eighth grade when I watched this. Or seventh grade, maybe. But I remember we watched Beetlejuice. I'm still in my daddy's ball sack. We <laughs> we watched Beetlejuice in school. It was one of those days where they Lord. where they wheel in the cart with the uh -huh, TV and the, the VCR, and you're like, yes, because it was like the day before winter break or right. spring break or always the day before break they would wheel in the movie. We work half a day and then fucking. Yeah, they would some TV time. Well, two days in a row, I think they do it because you watch half and then watch the other half or whatever. But um, I mean, we watched Beetlejuice right before a break. I could not believe some of the shit we watched in school. Oh yeah, I want sure. Airplane. I watched what? Airplane in school. <laughs> uh, what is his name? Fucking. Uh, I I can always think of him from Police Academy. Fuck. What is? Oh his name? um, Mahoney. No 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 the white hair. Is that uh, oh Leslie Nielsen? There we go. I was gonna. Uh, that was a police academy. It was Naked Gun. There we go. Where the, oh, no, I think I he isn't he in. Isn't he's not he? in police academy. That was At somebody. Home? No, that was um, I think that was the same guy from Airplane, the air traffic controller. Fuck it. Either way. Anyway, and I can't remember <laughs> his name either. But you're thinking of Leslie Nielsen from uh, Naked, Naked Gun, Gun, which had that box set around here somewhere. I think it's back there behind Batman. Anyway. Um, yeah, we watched this in school. Wow. And uh, we also watched, yeah, when I was younger, we I think it was like sixth grade, we watched Airplane, and the teachers were all like, well, who picked this, you know? But they let <laughs> us finish it. But you talk about a bunch of jokes you'd never get away with now. Oh, no, <laughs> Oh, <never>. my God. <laughs> never. Uh, what else did we see? Um, I remember, oh, man, Breaking and Breaking 2. What? Hell yeah, Breaking Two Electric turbo, Boogaloo. Turbo. We are ozone. going. We are going to cover that because I have it on That's VHS. Badass. It's badass. Yeah, <laughs> I love that, that. that broom. I believe in the beat. <laughs> anyway, did you know? Here's some trivia, and I. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm not going to waste that trivia because it's good trivia. Damn. And it's going to. It actually applies to the movie we're doing next time. Okay. So I'm going to save that. There I'm going to save that little tidbit for you. Um. So, like we said, Beetlejuice came out in 1988, and it stars Michael Keaton, of course, as Beetlejuice. It's got Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and I think you were saying before we went on the mics, uh, you always forget that's Alec Baldwin. Yeah, because he's, he's so skinny. thin and young, yeah. 
Like he's super, super, super skinny. The, like, what shit. gave it away was when he was like, "What's in your wallet?" I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, this is the movie in which the mom from Home Alone and the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off are married. <laughs> Easy, you know. Look at all that pop culture right there. Right. Catherine O'Hara as Delia. That's of course the mom from Home Alone. Kevin. And uh, Jeffrey Jones, who was the principal in mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Winona Ryder is in this movie. So my girl, Winona. So you want to know something? Uh, some cool ass uh, trivia. Sure. So it's about Dracula, actually. Oh. Bum, 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 bum. Little Winona Ryder Dracula trivia? So uh, her and Keanu Reeves are, of course, in the movie Dracula. Right. And they said that, that they're actually married because they brought in um, an actual minister uh-huh. to do the wedding part. Oh, wow. So I was going to say because she was with him for a little while. So they're technically married because they. Dang. It was an actual, it was an actual thing That's on pretty set. cool. We need to cover that movie, too. I do <laughs> oh, have yes. that on VHS. Brand Stoker's? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Such a, dude, Gary Oldman in that oh, movie my gosh. is perfect. So my brother, Absolutely he actually perfect. he posted something that you'd probably fucking jizz over. Oh, yeah? Uh, he posted the, um, it was a figurine with uh, Dracula in the, that red armor. Oh, when he was Vlad. Yes. Oh, my God. And it That's had awesome. so it And it had the fucking helmet, too. That's cool. But he, cool. Looks, he looks like fucking Jesus, right, you know, because right. <laughs> it has the long hair. Right. But, oh, man, when I saw it, I was like, that might fuck, I, you know, I might have to fuck around and buy that. Right. Badass. Dang. That sounds expensive. Probably. Probably. So, back to Winona Ryder. And she's a, you know, fucking klepto. Yep. Free wi- <laughs> Remember the free Winona t-shirts? Yes. We, um, us being shirt people, we, we like those fucking events in history that mm-hmm. correspond with maybe t-shirts and those, those free Winona shirts were huge for a while. Man. Every once in a while you hit and miss. Oh, That yeah. was a hit. <laughs> you want to see a miss on my part? Let me see. Turn around and look at that Hulk up there. He's wearing that Bruce Lee shirt where he's DJing. Right. So that is the design that Tony Stark had on his shirt in the Avengers movie. Right. And I went to a con the weekend that movie came out, and I thought for sure I was going to sell hundreds of those. Uh Uh-huh. And I took a box of them, and I didn't sell one. Nobody got it because nobody had seen the movie yet. Because it was opening weekend, so I'm like, everybody's going to go see this, and they're right. going to come to this, and I'm going to be like, ah, oh, it's Tony Stark's shirt. Maybe I'm the only one that t- pays attention to that kind of detail. No, you got to. And maybe nobody else noticed that was Tony Stark's shirt. I even put a sign up. Right. Be as cool as Tony Stark. You know, but um, yeah, I didn't sell any of them. Damn, son. So my Hulk is wearing one now. I gave a bunch of them away. You got to. You got yeah. to Yeah. Oh, my God. That was one. Of, I've had good hits, and I've had misses. That was one of my huge misses. Funny thing so. is, I saw that shirt over the weekend, last weekend, Uh huh. and my friend, she was like, that's a badass shirt. Are you serious? Right hand of God. Oh, my God. Right hand of God. I promise you, we were See, walking I was down just Venice little, Beach. I was a little early to the train on yeah, that one, I guess. Definitely. I promise you, we were walking down Venice Beach, and they have the little t-shirt shops Damn. and shit. She was like, that Bruce Lee one right there is pretty badass. Damn. And it is that one, exactly. Five years later. Uh. Anyway, um... Winona Ryder was also married to, I don't know if she married or just dated the guy from Soul Asylum. Remember that band from the 90s? Uh, Runaway train, yes. never coming back. <laughs> dude looks like he never washed his hair. She, like, she was with that dude for a while. Dude, I used to be absolutely in love with Winona Ryder. Really? That was my dream girl. She was 
She was a little punky. She had that voice. She was petite. She was now she pretty. Looks, the funny thing is she looks like old Winona Ryder because she's in fucking Dude, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. She's the mom from Stranger Things. And yep. I still thought she had it going on. I'm sorry. You know, I think it's just <laughs> nostalgia. It's probably just a nostalgia thing. Of course, Tim Burton was directed by the one and only Tim Burton. Also known for such titles as Edward Scissorhands, Batman, Batman Returns, Frankenweenie, Sleepy Hollow, Frankenweenie. <laughs> Yo, I love Sleepy Hollow. I dude, that is such an underrated movie. I fucking love it. And it is beautifully shot. It, the imagery in that movie is absolutely beautiful. You got Christopher Walken with shark teeth. Right. How can you go wrong? Right. Christina Ricci's in it. Right. That's my dude. That Christina Ricci and Winona Ryder. That's Over. a spicy Jasperino sandwich right there. I'm just going to throw that out there. What about what's her name from? Oh, that's, she's uh, Chucky. Proud of Chucky, right? No, Gen- no, no. Jennifer Tilly? There we go. Oh, Jennifer, oh my God. Jennifer Tilly for sure. Like, yeah. She, I don't know, I think it's the, the voice, oh. and I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a couple things. <laughs> I love Jennifer Tilly. She was, yeah, uh, yeah, let's, let's just. Uh, He's like, I got a. Next movement. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> anyway, so um, this movie was released on March 30th, 1988, and its budget was $15 million. It grossed, just in the USA, uh, $74 million. So I'd call this, oh my God, that figure is amazing. That's a statue. Is that a statue or an action figure? I don't know, but goddamn, it is articulated like a statue. We're looking at the uh, Vlad the Impaler red armor statue from Dracula that we were just discussing on Roman's phone, and whoa, right, it, dude, I, I would clear off a shelf for that. <laughs> that shit is bad, and it looks again. It looks like um, what's his name. For sure. Look like look at oh, his Gary face. Oldman? It looks yeah, absolutely for sure. My God. Like whoever did it, like they fucking did it. Dude, that's freaking cool. Where'd you find that at? My brother. I know, where did he find it? Uh never I'll, I'll Google it later. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> sidetrack onto Googling toys on the podcast. Right? I, I would do that. You know, when I started this podcast, I really I was struggling with whether I wanted to do this or just kind of a, a random collector's pop art type podcast where I just talked oh, about shit. whatever, like, hey, here's some toys I was looking at or something I picked up or something I want that I'll never be able to afford. Here's the hot toy this week. Why do people love this? Right. He is loving that beef. Yeah. yeah. Do it, do it, do it. There it goes. You know, but um, then I, <laughs> of course, I had the fateful day mm-hmm. when I came across the 700 tapes at the yard sale. And the rest, as they say, is history. History. Anyway, so fifteen million dollar budget grossed seventy four million. Opening weekend almost. Hit Opening it. weekend right. it did eight million. Shit. That's freaking amazing. I would call that a smashing success. And you would have thought, you know, just with that alone, um, a sequel would have happened, you know, pretty quickly. Well, we were talking about that too beforehand. That there's been a lot of internet rumors about a sequel or a reboot or something, but it could never be a fucking. Reboot. I actually think it should just be left alone. I don't gotcha. think anything should be done to it. I absolutely think it should just be a standalone. Do you think they should do like a fucking Super Bowl like spoof of it? What do you mean? Like you know how they'll fucking 
they'll do like like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or whatever. You know, Matthew Broderick is doing yeah. something and like the Ferris Bueller act. Oh, I get what you're saying. So it, it's like yeah, fucking no, maybe Tim Burton. I just think some things are perfect and should be left alone. Like Ghostbusters. Gotcha. I hate that. They Let's forget Ghost. about Ghostbusters too. And uh, the reboot. But, okay, so I um, saw... Hang yep, on. The new one? The Ghostbusters whatever where the kids find the ghost trap. Yep. Has that been released yet? Not yet. Okay. So that was the preview on one of the movies I watched yesterday. Uh-huh. I think it was the new Grudge movie. Gotcha. I got that preview and I was like... Holy oh, shit. What? Right. What is this? Right. What is this? Right. Is this out? How did I not know about this? And... um. I was jokingly, because we were watching, I was like, how did I not know about this? And Ro was like, you're part of my world now. You know, I, was, I was like, yeah, you're right, because there was a time, I would have been looking forward to this movie for two years, because I'd have been on that shit the minute yeah. they started talking about it. Yeah, and, so it hasn't been released like, yet? No, no, no. I oh think my it's God. like, well, I think with uh, the, you know, with the whole Rona case and shit like that, I think that possibly pushed it back. Well, but, the good thing is that maybe... That means it's going to come straight to uh, On Demand yeah. or Voodoo, so I can just... Do- okay, so they're talking about um, movies coming, and they've been doing this actually on Voodoo. You can just buy the movies when they come out. The um, the movies just... You don't go to the theater anymore. You can just buy it on your streaming device. Damn. I'm of two minds about that. because Well, first off, the movie we're talking about is Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's got the kid from Stranger Things in it and Paul Rudd. There's a win right there. I, I will watch anything with Paul Rudd in it. Um, but it's about a kid that finds the Ecto-1 and he finds a... Yeah, I think... Uh, I think... Um, which one of them was it? I can't remember. I think it was Egon was his grandfather. Right. And... Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And they find all the old equipment and it looks amazing. The little kid in me just had a seizure when he saw it anyway back to the streaming thing i think that um i'm of two minds on it because there is a part of me that loves the movie going experience right. i love going in brick and mortar yeah spending 25 dollars on a large popcorn and 30 dollars on a large drink and then finding your seat sitting down watching the lights come down the previews come on you're in a rush to get there so you don't miss the previews right. if I, I was that dude if we miss the previews i'm pissed and um the whole experience of you're sitting in the seat everybody laughs at the same parts they cry at the same parts they gasp at the same parts the surround sound the whole experience when the movie's over and you're all hyped up and you're like almost like strutting out of the theater like oh my god that was amazing <laughs> you know and you're Fingers are greasy and salty from the popcorn, and bladder's about to explode. Yeah, and um, there's something about that I I love. Then there's the other adult part of me. Man, I just want to sit on my bed mm-hmm. with a bag of Doritos and watch this movie and not have to worry about anybody else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I love just being. Yeah, I can just hit a button, and I can pay the twenty dollars for it that I would pay for two tickets. Right. And now I can watch as many times as I want. Right. If I want to go back, and if it was so good, I want to go back and watch it again. I don't have to sneak back into the theater. Not that I've ever done that. It's called movie hopping. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, dude! We used to go to the movies in the summertime because mm-hmm. there was air conditioning, and we just taught movies all day. Yep. Till we got kicked out. Till we got caught and kicked out. <laughs> Look. So we. So. Our tradition for a little while, we would uh, we would go on Christmas Day. 
Uh-huh. After we open up presents nice. and stuff like that. I remember watching Alien vs. Predator. Oh, that's awesome. On Christmas Day. And then we, we movie hopped. So that's what we did for a little while. A that's cool. Years, we would go, a gang of us would go on Christmas and then movie hop. And here's a good other movie going story. One of my best Christmas memories with my kids is, okay, so my family, I'm, when I say my family, I mean my parents and my brothers and sisters, my side of the family, mm-hmm. we always did Christmas on Christmas Eve. That's the way it always was. We right. opened all our gifts on Christmas Eve. Gotcha. And then Christmas Day was for Santa Claus gifts and dinner. That's okay. what you did on Christmas Day. So Christmas Eve was the big deal for me growing up as a little kid. But this rolled over after I got married and had kids. We still did Christmas Eve at my brother's house because my parents got elder, elderly and they were living with my brother. So we would go over Christmas Eve and see my parents and my brother and his family. would all open gifts. That's when we did our gifts. Gotcha. And then my ex, we used to go over to her friend's house that had a big Christmas Eve party every year, and they'd have tamales and beans Ooh. and rice and right. open bar, and you just go over there. So we'd go over to my parents' house, my brother's house, early, mm-hmm. maybe around 6, and we'd stay till about 8 or so, Right. and then we'd leave, and we'd go over there, and we'd party for the rest of the night. And the kids could run around and eat anything they wanted. There's cookies everywhere and candy. Right. It was like a wonderland, you know. <laughs> and uh, so we'd go over there and we'd party for a little bit. And then we'd go home around midnight or so, put the cookies out for Santa, and then we'd go to bed. Right. Well, one year, they had like a death in the family you, or did something. You, did you have to get up and eat the cookies in the middle of the night? I had to get up and at least drink half the glass of milk and bite the cookies so it looked like <laughs> Santa had been there. And I always tried to tell them. If you left a tamale and a beer for Santa, you'd probably get better gifts, but they'd never do it. Uh, anyway, one year, um, my, my, my ex-wife's friends... That's they the beaner and you and me. Right, exactly. <laughs> they, had a, they had a death in the family or something, so they didn't do the Christmas Eve thing. Uh, so we finished up at my brother's house, and we were leaving, and we we're like, oh, what do you want to do? I decided, hey, let's go to the movies. Right. So we went to the center point down on Mill Avenue. Nice. It's not there anymore. It's, no, no, some, it well, it's not the center point anymore, though. It's no, it's still center point. So really, is I it? promise you, I go really? there all the time. Oh, well, it wasn't center point for a while. It was something else. I know it's still center point now, though. Oh, okay. I no, I believe you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> Going back to Beetlejuice. Anyway, Beetlejuice. we went and saw uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Oh, nice. On Christmas Eve, and to this day, that is one of my fondest Christmas memories of something I did with my kids because it was so out of the ordinary. We right. didn't go to the movies on Christmas. Right. You know, it was out of the ordinary. The kids all enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh-huh. Then, and they still, yeah, I think, I think I'm not the only one. I think my kids still think it was one of the coolest Christmas things we ever did too. And it was that we went to the movies. Yeah. It cost us a grip and popcorn and uh-huh. sodas, but it's I... so worth it. Exactly. It was absolutely freaking worth it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, never mind. There's <laughs> no. another funny Christmas movie no, let's story, hear it. but let's hear it. I don't know. I, I want to save that for Christmas time. Gotcha. It's that funny. Gotcha. It's about when me and my ex went to see Krampus, but oh. it's a little embarrassing for one of my kids, so I'm going to save that. Uh, so stay tuned, guys. When we do Christmas episodes in December, you guys will get that. Hell yeah. How about that? Anyway, um, back to Beetlejuice, which was not a Christmas movie, or was it? It was March. I know, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It was an Easter movie. Right. Anyway, um, so, um, of course, it had the soundtrack with, uh, you know, it made the Deo. Deo. Deo that we heard at the beginning of the podcast. Right. Insanely popular. All of a sudden, everybody was all about that. Who was that? Harry Alafonte? 
think so. Yep. Made him insanely popular. Um, so a few things about the movie. Tim Burton feared the Deo sequence wouldn't go over well since in his opinion, it wasn't very funny. He turned out to be wrong. Audiences loved it and think of it as one of the film's most iconic scenes. It definitely is. It, it was. I didn't think, and I kind of didn't think it was as funny as everybody else thought it was, because I remember everybody roaring with laughter. I'm like, yeah, it was funny, but... I remember being, you know, kind of scared. I'm like, holy shit. Right? Holy shit. Um, Michael Keaton is only in the film for 14 and a half minutes total. And it's funny, because it's called Beetlejuice, but Tim Burton does that. Yep. So, it was called Beetlejuice, but really the story was about... Helen and... Yeah, um, well, it was about um, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, Mm -hmm. really, and their relationship kind of with Winona Ryder. That was the biggest part of the movie. The fact, and we'll get into this when we get into the movie, the fact that they had never had kids and they kind of, it was kind of an adoptive daughter, Ripley Newt type of situation going on there. Right. Anyway, um, Batman was the same way. Batman was in the movie for a very, very small period. That movie really, and I said this the first time I saw it, that movie really could have been called The Joker. Right. I'm talking about the first Tim Burton Batman movie with Michael Keaton. And um, Jack Nicholson, right? Yes. Batman was not in that movie very much at all. Because when I think about, like, my first, when I, my first, first thought of Batman, you know, and Tim Burton is, um... Batman Returns, Returns with which Penguin. is which is the best Batman movie ever. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says for sure. And I will almost give you Dark Knight, but fuck you if you don't think it's not as good as <laughs> <laughs> Batman Returns is the best Batman movie. Period. Anyway, because he is because Michael Keaton's fucking Batman. Oh my god, period. and Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Yeah, that whole chemistry was unbelievable. We will cover that it's movie. Perfect. Eventually. Oh my god, <laughs> that was more Eartha Kit. Catwoman. I know. I just had to go. <laughs> Hello. Batman. That was, Earth, that was Eartha Kitt. Batman. <laughs> uh, Michael Keaton also ablibbed 90% of his lines. That's badass. Which, I'm pretty sure that whole thing we played in the beginning, mm-hmm. he's like, are you qualified? And he's like, what do you mean am I qualified? But, I love it. That whole, uh, I'm pretty sure that whole commercial was ad-libbed when he's on the plastic <laughs> cow or whatever. Um. According to Michael Keaton, the Beetlejuice character was described to him by director Tim Burton as having lived in every time period, but no time period. Keaton used this as the jumping off point to create the character with such features as a shock hairdo, mold makeup, and large teeth. He said that when he first showed up on the set as Beetlejuice, the crew was chanting, Juice! 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 This got Keaton excited for his role, but it really pissed off O.J. Simpson. I threw that last part in. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, juice. Juice, I, I get it. Juice. I get yeah, it. See what I did oh, there? Oh, yeah. And that goes right back around to Naked Gun. Right, right. Look at you. Remember when OJ, okay, in Naked Gun, where OJ <laughs> saved the baby, and he's dancing around with it like he just made <laughs> a field goal. Down. But it's happening in the background as they're talking. So you have to look in the background. He's dancing with the baby, and he's about to spike, spike it, it, and the cop runs <laughs> up and grabs it from him. <laughs> oh my god classic fucking anyway. pop culture man right 
When Adam and Barbara are in the office, a voice on the PA system announces, Flight 409 is arriving at Gate 3. United Airlines Flight 409 crashed into a mountain in Wyoming on October 6, 1955, killing all passengers and crew on board. At the time, it was one of the worst plane crashes in history. Three plane crashes in 1955 had a total of 66 casualties. To this day, no one knows why it crashed. Well, damn. Man, that's kind of morbid. I was about to say, way to go morbid, even though we're talking about a movie about death. You go, Tim Burton. shit. All right. All the people in the waiting room and in the office are in the same condition as when they died, and the way they died is shown clearly. However, the Maitlands who drowned are not wet. Tim Burton felt that keeping the actors wet all the time would be too uncomfortable. I always wondered that, why they weren't wet. Um... Did you catch the Black Dahlia? I, I I guarantee you that's the Black Dahlia in the waiting room. The chick that's in half. Oh, damn. I, I guarantee you that's who it's supposed to be. If you didn't point that out, I wouldn't. I, it wouldn't. Remember he, at the end, he's feeling on her leg mm-hmm. and her, her torso's on the other side. I guarantee you that's supposed to be the Black Dahlia. That's just me. I don't know. Um, Makes sense. The original plan for the dinner party was to have the guests dance to a song by the Ink Spots. But Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara suggest that the music be Calypso. Interesting. In the waiting room at the end of the film, the bottom half, the magician's assistant, the Beetlejuice tries to fill up, was played by Tim Burton's then-girlfriend. Which he also put his girlfriend in uh, Sleepy Hollow. Every, she so played, that's she, his wife now. Yeah, she played... Uh, Christina Ricci's mom. Mm-hmm. That was his girlfriend. Oh, well, the, so, so who's the chick? I wonder if it's the same chick. The, the, well, the, so his wife now is the chick that's always in the movies with Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah, Helena Bottom Carter. Yes. yes. That's his wife. Yes. I mean, for sure. Because I was like, why is she always... And I was like, oh, that's his wife. Makes sense. Hmm, okay. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Beetlejuice reveals a hideous, albeit unseen, face to Adam and Barbara... Originally, Beetlejuice's scary face was going to be seen, and an elaborate makeup effect was created to that end, but ultimately went unused. I actually thought it worked out better being from the back. Right. Um, Along with Spaceballs, Big, and Caddyshack 2, the film is notable for containing the F word in a film rated PG during the PG-13 era. Interesting. Right. I'm trying to think, when did he say fuck? I was trying to think of that, too, and I can't remember. The visual effects budget was just $1 million, a major factor in Tim Burton deciding to make the effects look as tacky and B-movie as possible. But I love, I love Tim Burton effects. The the stop motion claymation stuff, I love it. And that sandworm is so Nightmare Before Christmas. Definitely. It's that same thing that was like swirling around the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. I'm absolutely in love with that type of look and everything. It reminds me of the the doctor in the the wheelchair, almost like the face. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The one. Uh, oh, he looked like a duck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It almost reminds me of that, and then of course the black and white stripes. You know, yeah. You start thinking. Makes that's sense. all. Yeah, that's so totally timbered. Yeah. Get this. Okay, I want you to imagine this in your head because it's gonna fuck your head up. Tim Burton originally wanted Sammy Davis Jr., a favorite star of his since childhood, to play the role of Beetlejuice, but studio executives didn't like that idea at all. Can you imagine? I'm saying, I did you ever I watch? Can, okay, you know. did you ever watch Archie Bunker as a kid? No. Oh my god! But anytime I think of Sammy Davis Jr., I always think of you know, of course, the Rat Pack. Right. And um, Tap. 
Oh, that. Oh, that's. Oh, you went back on that yeah, one. Yeah. The funny thing is, I was talking about Tappy Gregory Hines. Greg, yeah. It's one of my like. It's one of my favorite movies. Wow. I haven't seen Tap in fucking. Dude, I I saw it once, and I think it was on TV. I've never seen it again. So yeah, I don't remember much about it, but. Damn, we might have checked that out. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, so if we didn't lose all of our VHSes, right? My, my dad has it. He Are has, you serious? He has, a, he has all the police academies. You need to hook him yeah, up. Yeah, I'm gonna see, see what's see. up. Dad, you don't want that shit. He doesn't. Probably doesn't. Tell him look. Tell him look, Dad. I'm doing a VHS podcast. Right. I'm actually look. I'm 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 surprised. This is the first time it's actually came up. Oh uh, yeah, me too. Because he because <laughs> I can think of at least there was at least six boxes of tapes. What? Yes. So that's if because I know they had a storage. Does so he live if, here? Yeah. Oh, if, thank God. Look, so I I leave, he's in Chicago or look, something. We'll pay for shipping. Look, when I leave here tonight, <laughs> I'll you know I'll give him a call and see what's up. Hell yeah! Because if they still have them, you gotta go through that for sure. Oh my God! I can that's I can cool. think of the negotiator and VHS because it's a red fucking it's yep, a red sleeve yep, yep. for sure. It's I got, promise you. It's got Samuel yep. and what's his name? Uh, Spacey. It's Kevin Spacey. Yep. Hmm. Hell yeah. I just, okay, so there was an episode of All in the Family, Archie gotcha. Bunker, uh-huh. where Sammy Davis Jr. was coming over to see Archie, mm-hmm. and he was all excited because he was playing himself, Sammy Davis, Sammy Davis Jr., and he's telling Edith through the whole show, don't say anything about his oi. Just don't bring up his oi. That's, that's my bad, uh, Archie Bunker. If you guys don't know what Archie Bunker is or All in the Family, it was an old 70s sitcom that made fun of racism mm-hmm. in a way that we could never probably do it now. But the the gist of the show was that Archie Bunker was a huge racist, but he was a fucking idiot. And everybody made fun of him behind his back. Right. And he never got the joke that he was the bun of the joke because he was dumb. That was the joke. Right. You know? Um, if you ever heard of the Jeffersons, the Jeffersons was a spinoff of All in the Family because the Jeffersons used to live across next door to Archie Bunker. Right. And him and George used to get into it all the time. Great TV stuff, but I'm a nerd. So anyway, <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. comes over and Edith brings out tea. And the first thing Archie says is, would you like some sugar with your oi? I mean your tea. Oh, <laughs> Lord. And, and of course there's all the laughter and then Edith goes I'm sorry Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. it's actually my fault he kept telling me not to mention your eye <laughs> damn freaking hilarious it's funny I guess it's funnier if you see it I don't know right I, it was one of those iconic TV moments you mean iconic uh, <laughs> and the dad jokes just keep on rolling here on the 700 tapes podcast um, when Barbara holds up Adam's severed head, Alec Baldwin was kneeling behind a black show card that was cut around his chin. That was a pretty... Uh, pretty good. That was pretty... Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, practical. Practical effect. Yeah. That saved him on some CGI. Money? Yeah. Beetlejuice, the title character, doesn't appear until 25 minutes into the film and ultimately appears in less than 20% of the film in its entirety. Michael Keaton spent only two weeks filming. <laughs> Damn. That's pretty cool. Right? Pretty cool. The casting of Lydia came down to just two actresses, Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder. Ryder. Winona Ryder and Alyssa Milano, with Ryder ultimately landing the role. I would not have liked Alyssa you Milano said, in this role. Alyssa Milano. I would not have liked Alyssa Milano in this role. 
No, it doesn't work. But I understand why because they're both really fucking big at this, you know, at this moment in time. Um, what was Alyssa Mo- in '88? She was still doing Who's the Boss, wasn't she? You got to think that's you know she's in prime television still. I think, give or take. Okay, so here's an Alyssa Milano story for All right. you. This is before Charmed. No, this was after Charmed. Oh, oh okay. I did a show. I fucking uh, loved that show. I think it was a horror sci-fi show. I think it was the same horror sci-fi show where I met um, um, Bishop from Aliens. Gotcha. Um, anyway, Brian Krause was there. Okay. Brian Krause was the guy that played Leo, the angel right, right, in right, Charm right. that watched over them. I'm like, as soon as you said, as soon as you said the name, I, that, that's right. like, I automatically saw his face. So you were a big Charm fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I used to have all the seasons on DVD. I lost them in the divorce, but Damn. I will get them again. Did she? So she, she legitimately was like, I want all of the Charmed stuff? No. It was my own fault because I said, just take whatever take what you, you want because I was just trying to get out. You know right. what I mean? And she literally... Damn. Took stuff I didn't expect. Like, she charmed you. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, oh man, I shouldn't talk about this on the podcast. Anyway, because I used to have the whole Buffy series too. Right, I'm, right. I'm working on getting that again. Anyway, but um, Brian Krause was there, uh-huh. and we had been seeing him through the course of the day. Every time we saw him, though, he had a drink in his hand. Damn. So by the time he made it over to our table around 8, 9 o'clock at night, he was pretty toasty. Sauced. Dude, he yeah, was kind of red-eyed and... He hung out at our table for an hour and talked to us. That's badass. And, you know, we talked about the show. And he was there because he, he had been in a movie that mm-hmm. was showing there, I think, one of the shorts or something. But um, we sat and talked, and he proceeded to tell me, and these are his words, not mine, that Alyssa Milano is a raging cunt. Because <laughs> they dated. Damn. They dated. And um, I was like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I couldn't muster up the balls to be like, do you got any naked selfies on your phone? <laughs> Definitely would love to see. Right? Yeah, I didn't have the balls to say that. But, man, he was drunk enough. He probably would have showed me. Oh At God. that time, I also would have gotten in a lot of trouble because I was sitting next to my then wife. So, right. anyway. But, um, yeah, that's my Alyssa Milano. I never met Alyssa Milano, but I've had a crush on her since, like, who's the boss? Because we're the same age. Okay. Her and I. And then sometimes she opens her mouth and talks, and I'm like, Bleh. anyway. So that's yeah. I guess that was more of a Brian Krause story than a Melissa Milano, Alyssa Milano story. But there we go. <laughs> Let's do one or two more trivia, and then we'll jump into this. Right. Um, it was the tenth biggest grossing film of 1988. Damn. Um, originally, Michael Keaton refused the role because he just didn't get it. Eventually, however, he came around after meeting Tim, Tim Burton and seeing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I love that movie. I've never seen it front to back. Are you serious? Never seen it front I, to back. I don't think I own it on VHS, and I need to because I want to cover it. But uh, Very funny, Francis. <laughs> Francis. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Okay. I do know the you know the popularity of this movie spawned a Broadway show. Dude, yes, I saw that there is a Broadway show, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked kind of cool. It also spawned a very popular 1990s cartoon, cartoon. on Fox, okay, yep. which is what I used in the beginning of the of the uh, intro here. Um, I loved that cartoon. So, I never missed an episode. Anytime I think of that, I always think of Bobby's World too. Because oh Howie Mandel! Look, so I have Bobby's World tattooed on my arm, 
Oh my gosh, you yep, do. do. Oh, right you there. do. Uh huh. So that like anytime I think of like Fox cartoons, uh-huh. those are the two that pop up like automatically. Do you know where Bobby's role came from? Um, I don't. It was part of his stand up. Really? He would do that voice in his stand up. Oh, okay. And that was his little kid voice. <laughs> <laughs> I never really watched Bobby's World because mm-hmm. it annoyed the living shit out of me. I don't think I can watch it now because yeah. of the because of you the know what cartoon voice? I did Look. like though, and I Little Louie. Lava say Louie for sure, dude. Those like that cartoon is if, freaking hilarious. If I'm not mistaken, they came on back to back. Yeah, you know, right I think after so each too. Other. Oh my god, Louie was whole, I think it was called Little Louie. Yeah, freaking hilarious. It was Little Louie Anderson. Yeah, but then he looked just like him. Yeah, and he, I think it was his voice too. Yeah, it was a little kid with the. You know what I think. And then his dad was in it, which is funny because his dad was a big part of his stand-up. Right. And uh, what was, oh, I also liked the Little Shop cartoon. Did you ever watch that? With the, what, what were they fucking tools the, or something? No, it was a giant talking plant. And the oh. little kid with the big glasses. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, the huge yeah. feet. Oh, shit. Little Shop, remember that? I, I've never known what that... It was the uh, Little Shop of Horrors cartoon. I, so, as soon as you said the big, what's, what's, what's the plant's name? Uh, Seymour. Seymour. So, I, I never knew what that was. You never saw Little Shop of Horrors? No, no, no. I, well, I've never seen the movie front to back. That's what I mean. Like, never. The I've Steve seen, Martin, I've, Rick Moranis one. I've seen, like, fucking, you know, the, of course, they're singing and shit so, like well, that. That's the remake. Oh. It was, I think it was like 1985 or 86. The original movie was a serious, it was an actual serious horror movie. Uh-huh. And it was one of Jack Nicholson's first films. Really? Jack Nicholson's and he's all young and Not dapper. Shit and dapper. That dapper son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch I'm in. Anyway, um, yeah. So let's jump into the movie here let's go ahead and check out the trailer first and then we'll get into our synopsis see what i get from the refreshment counter oh boy popcorn and candy bars and ice cream and oh boy sparkling ice cold coca-cola oh boy that tastes good have you been to the refreshment counter Remember, your favorite snack will taste especially good with world-famous ice-cold Coca-Cola. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Adam and Barbara are ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out here. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice for your friends. Fun party. Not bad. This is amazing. Want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. 
it. He's guaranteed to put some life. Attention, keyboard shoppers. In your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. All right, so we're opening this movie up. We're rolling some credits. And the credits are rolling over a panning shot of a small town. And then it looks pretty normal, and then you start realizing that it looks a little plasticky. Mm -hmm. The shrubbery looks a little fake. And then you realize it's not an actual town. It's a model Mm -hmm. of the town. And then this is further explained when a giant spider starts crawling over the house. And you're like, whoa, what's that giant spider? And then Alec Baldwin's hand comes down and he picks the spider up and you notice he's in the attic Mm -hmm. and he's got this huge model of the town they live in that he's working on. He puts the spider out the window and then um, Gina Davis comes in and we notice right away. She's his wife. Um, It's an anniversary. It's their anniversary and they're exchanging gifts and what their gifts are are stuff for working on the house. Right. Like wallpaper, and she got him side. I don't remember what the gifts were, but you see that they're totally immersed in, in their house. Building this house, yes. And um, they're very happy. You I was going to say, you can very, tell they're in love. Oh, man. For happy, sure. happy couple. So then uh, the doorbell rings, and their friend Jane is there. And, and Jane, they're both kind of like, I don't want to deal with Jane. You go deal with Jane. Well, you find out that Jane's a real estate agent, and she very much wants to sell their house, and they don't want to sell their house. So they go down, and she's talking to uh, Gina Davis about selling the house, and Jane says, this house is just too big for you. It should really be uh, lived in with somebody with children, and Gina Davis gets this really sad look on her face, so this is important. Right. This, I think, clues you in that they're a young married couple and maybe they've been trying to have kids and they're not able to. Mm-hmm. Or they found out. They don't really say it. They don't really say it outright. But you maybe find out, you may be thinking to yourself that they can't have, they found out they just straight can't have kids. Right. For whatever reason. So she looks really sad and then Jane's like, oh, crap, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And so... Um, they finally get her to leave, and they decide they're going to go to the store because he needs some more stuff for his model house for right. the uh, neighborhood. So they drive into town, and this movie really gets going kind of fast. Like This isn't a very long movie, I noticed. Um, it's like 108 minutes or something, if that, something like that. I'm trying to look on the VHS here, um, and I can't see it. So anyway, it's a very. I was surprised after watching it again on how short it was. I was like, wow. Because it's out. so jam-packed. Exactly. They, they covered a lot of ground. So anyway, they go into town, and everybody's kind of waving. It's a you know, small-town atmosphere. Everybody knows everybody. And um, they're going to buy some more model stuff. And they, there's the old senile barber outside the shop. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so um, they go in, and it's obviously a small town because the owner's not around, so... Alec Baldwin kind of grabs what he needs and just leaves the money mm-hmm. on the counter. You know, everybody kind of trusts each other. Trusted. Yeah, old small town USA. So then they're on their way home, and they're just kind of driving along, and there's like a bridge that goes over the water, you know, like one of those covered bridges. Mm-hmm. And there's a dog there, and they see the dog at the last minute, and he swerves to miss the dog. And they end up crashing through the side of the bridge, and the car's kind of teetering. And this was really funny because the car's teetering, 
and there's a um, there's a board under the tire. Right, where the dog is. And the dog is standing on the board. Like, nope! And the weight of the dog is the only thing keeping the car from toppling over the side. So they're looking out, the dog's just kind of standing there. And then he's like, no, 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 no. And the dog jumps off, and then the car falls into the water. Look, my thought, <laughs> just directly off of that, uh-huh. there's no fucking way they die from that fall. If they hit their heads and were unconscious, maybe. There was no fall. At, there was no hard-ass fall. And you got to think, that car is made of steel. Right. When no bullshit car now. And it wasn't that far of a fall. No. I promise they you. They were I, like 10 feet above the water, I maybe? I was like, what the fuck? What? the hell happened? right like like seriously or maybe neither one of them could swim that was the but there wasn't a lot of water in there yeah it's like five feet the, of water because look the, it, the car flips and you can still see the car i'm like right they died from that it's like you guys weren't trying very hard right i was like that was and it was a slow fall too it yeah. wasn't even like high speed it was like eh. right like something bullshit. okay so you gotta assume something happened like they hit their heads when it hit or something because they didn't know they died right they probably thought the same thing. There's no way we died from that. A little you know last what I mean? fall. Yeah, right? <laughs> so they go back to the house, and the cuckoo clock's going off, and um, the fire in the little thing starts on its own. Mm-hmm. And then they come walking in, and they're all wet. And uh, they're like, man, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. And how long have we been gone? So they're trying to warm their hand by the fire. And Gina Davis's fingers catch on fire. And she's like, ah! And she's looking, but her fingers are just kind of burning. Right. And they're like, uh, what the heck's going on here? So then Alec Baldwin, he's trying to remember how they got home. Because they don't remember getting home. So he's like, I'm going to go out and retrace my steps. Retrace our steps and see if I can remember what happened. Because they're kind of disoriented. Right. So he goes outside and he steps off the porch and he falls into like this weird sandy weird world like astro plane kind of shit right and then there's like the, he sees the sandworm mm-hmm. and then Gina Davis pulls him back like just in time and she says he's been gone for 2 hours and he's only been out there for like 30 seconds so they're like what the heck's going on so i want to talk about this world real quick uh-huh there's a a big belief that it's saturn really because even Beetlejuice, when he comes, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys been to Saturn, huh? Now that sandworm's out of control, you know? Mm. <coughs> so you're wondering if Saturn is the name they gave that plane or if it's actually the planet, planet Saturn. Saturn. Okay. Which goes into all kinds of crazy stuff for me about our origins of where we came from. Right. And the fact that there's a belief that life started on the third star of Orion and... If there's an afterlife, if it is on another planet, it goes into a lot of stuff that we really don't have time to cover here. That but and, it and boggles it, and it my just, mind a little bit. And it just skimmed the top of it. So if you exactly. know, you know. If you don't, you don't. It was just like a passing thing. Right. So Damn, that was right. Nice. So um, they look in the mirror and they don't have any reflections, and then they find the handbook for the recently deceased. Right. Which is cool because it's like totally from like the fifties, you know. And uh, they're figuring out, holy crap, we're dead. So then they pan down to um, Beetlejuice kind of sitting in his living room mm-hmm. or wherever. And he's reading the paper and he's trying to look for work. So he's looking at the obituaries. Yeah, I got to find something to do. And they pop up. And then 
He's looking, and there's a bunch of old people, and then there's the obituary for Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, and he's like, oh, cute couple, and they look dumb. So <laughs> you can tell right then that he's kind of a con man. Yep. You know what I mean? He's kind of a shyster. So then we see Jane in funeral clothes, and she's selling the house. She, um, She's out there with her. They can see her out the window, and she's got, like, funeral clothes on. She's got a little kid with her. And they're trying to, like, yell at her. Yeah. And then she drives away, and you can see that she's already got the house for sale. And it's like, dang, the body's ain't even cold yet. The crazy so, thing about that, like, even looking at the house for me, I was like, oh, it seems like a weird-ass, like, it looked like it, it, it should have had the, uh, a telescope, like, out of it or something. Right. Well, it was just a quaint little farmhouse. It just looked weird, like like atop the hill or whatever. Yeah, just, I liked it, though. Like, like, the oh. inside of it and everything. I always thought it was kind of a cool house, and... You could tell this was their, their Shabby, like nest egg. Yeah, like they had put their heart and soul into it. But now new people are moving in. But now, so the <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my storyteller mood right now. Mm-hmm. Turkey Lurkey was very upset. <laughs> anyway, so uh, anyway, new people are moving into the house now. We see where I know a writer. She's very goth. She's got the black dress and the big black hat on and right. the makeup and everything I thought was cool in high school. I was about to say, very, you know, very fucking 80s. Very Jasperino. Uh, I just paint my fingernails black here and there, you know. They're not black now? No, they're not black now. <laughs> my mom used to say they look like little cockroaches when I did that. Your fingers look like little cockroaches. So anyway, she's very goth. I sported my Doc Martens. Damn. Anyway, um, the mom is a sculptor. It's the mom from uh, Home Alone. Right. But she's a sculptor, and she's got all kinds of weird pieces of art and stuff, and the movers are kind of coming in and just throwing her shit around, and she's like, oh, be careful. So then Otho comes in. Otho's the fat guy. Right. And he's kind of her interior designer, and he comes climbing in through the window, and um, the husband, Charles, who's the uh, principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he loves the house just the way it is, because you can tell he's kind of a big city businessman. He's tired of the big city, and he just wants small country life. He likes right. the house the way it is. Whereas Delia is more, she it's kind of a Green Acres situation. She doesn't want to be there. She wants art and swanky and city life and cutting edge, and she considers herself an artiste, you know. <laughs> so the funny thing is Ortho. Uh-huh. Uh, he pretty much, he almost plays the same person he plays in fucking Demolition Man. You're right. Like aesthetically, kind of like the uh, yes man. You yes. kind of yeah. You're that's funny. Same right. It, it, he's the same guy. Yes. <laughs> they're so they're yeah they're going through the house and they're talking about how to redecorate. We're gonna tear this down and tear that down and put up something here and oh mm-hmm. this got to go and they're he's drawing on the walls with like a marker like this is gonna go big X right here and Gina Davis and I Baldwin are distraught because they're like what are they gonna do to our house and they're very sad about it. And then so they decided to haunt Delia and Ortho, but they can't see them. And so they're trying to do like all kinds of and scary they shit. Said, so I remember in the, I think they're reading the pamphlet, the book, and it says, can be seen by some, yes. but most can't. Right. So that, that foreshadows into Lydia. the rest of them not yeah. seeing them, but Lydia seeing. So they, yeah, they find out they're bad haunters pretty much. Um, so Charles wants things left alone. He likes the house the way it is, but so then, um, 
they had tried to scare him by pulling off Alec Baldwin's head, mm-hmm. and then it didn't work. So then they were headed to the attic. So he runs to the attic was to lock a, the was door. That a bad joke. Headed to the attic. Uh, <laughs> and Father's Day just never ends. Never ending. But he's running to the attic, but he left his head. So his headless body's running up the stairs to go in the attic and lock the door. <laughs> so he runs and locks the attic, and they can't get it open. So then Gina Davis is like, what's the good in being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? And she's all angry. and She's very frumpy in this movie. Yes, and and I don't want to sound you know anti-Semitic or anything like that, but she had a Jufro for sure. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, we went there. Word up. Word up. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, she coming straight off the fly too. It's really weird because she was so incredibly hot in that movie, right? And this movie, she's really she's got the frumpy church lady clothes. Yeah. And the yeah, I guess the Jufro. The Jufro. <laughs> for sure. Like, for sure. And um, so yeah, she's mad because she's like, we can't even scare him away. Um. So then she runs outside, and she ends up in the neither world, and they're getting chased by the sandworm, which is so, like I was saying earlier, so Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. The face and the, the way it was made, everything, it's just unbelievably cool. So now the new family's eating dinner, and you can tell by this dinner scene how uppity Delia is, because mm-hmm. she's like... I can't believe we're eating Cantonese. Don't they have Scotchawan in this town? It's like, <laughs> dude, it's freaking takeout. Oh, my God. Oh, God. You're so, like, she's so, like, convinced herself that she's this just uppity artiste type of lady. And So why not a writer's so goth? And she's like, my whole life is a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> So like they're gonna, so they decide oh, they want to get dramatic, right? Yeah, they want. And this was so me. I I totally relate with this. I have notebooks and notebooks full of poetry when I was younger, and I go back and read them sometimes now, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is the dawning of my sadness, the winter of my tears. <laughs> You're like slit my throat up the stream, like, not a <laughs> You're like I said this in. <laughs> yeah, it's up the road, not across the street. <laughs> wow. So anyway, so they're talking about rebuilding the house, and they want to get rid of everything. And um, so then Alec and Gina find the Beetlejuice ad, the bio-exorcist, the bio-exterminator. And, um, <laughs> Which is funny, because bio is, of course, life. Right, yeah, it's hilarious. The, so like when I saw that, I was like, they're the opposite of... <laughs> right. Legit the opposite. I know, it's so funny. We do as Ghostbusters. Exactly, you know? <laughs> they're trying to get rid of the living. So, um, Winona, um, actually, Lydia actually ends up seeing them. And um, they give, uh, he gives Lydia the key. For some reason, they get along. She, she sees him, oh, you guys are ghosts. And she gives him this, um, oh, Jane comes by. That's what happens. Jane comes by and gives Lydia the skeleton key that opens every door in the house. Right, She's right, like, right, make right. sure your dad gets this. But she uses it to go in the attic. She has seen them up in the window and stuff. She's seen them kind of here and there. She hasn't actually talked to them yet. So she um, goes up to the attic and... 
and she's trying to open the door, but they're trying to keep her from opening the door. And then um, they're like, we got to do something because they're getting closer and closer to getting in here with us. Right. So then the book says, in case of emergency, draw a door and knock three times. So they draw a door on the brick wall and they knock and it opens. And uh, the cool green light comes out and Lydia sees the green light coming from under the attic door and she's like, whoa. So they go in and uh, Lydia goes down and tries to tell her dad that something weird's going on, but he's not listening. He's like, you know, go away. I'm whatever. I'm busy. Right. Typical teenager and parent shit. So Lydia finally gets into the attic and she can see the handbook laying there. So she starts reading the handbook. Meanwhile, Alec and Gina are in the waiting room of this neither world. Right. And this is where you see all the different characters, the guy with the shrunken head, the lady that's sawed in half. I guess she was a magician's assistant. <clears throat> I automatically thought Black Dahlia, but I guess magician assistant works too. Right. They got the guy that Burned to death, and he was like, you want a cigarette, you know? And uh, I think this part's really cool just from all the people that are kind of hanging around. So they're sitting there, and they finally get called, and um, you can see the room full of lost... Oh, they're walking down the hallway, mm-hmm. and there's a door, and he looks in, and it's a bunch of souls floating around, and like, what's this? And they're like, that's the room of lost souls that got exercised. He's like, poor bastards, because they're just in limbo. They just get to float around. Right. So you start realizing, oh, you don't want that to happen to you. Even after you've died, there's worse things. So you start wondering, are people who commit suicide cursed to do office work? Because everybody that's in there has, like, slits on their wrists. Mm-hmm. There's a guy being wheeled around on, like, a pulley system because he's hanging from a noose. Look, so that so that is always reminded me of, like, fucking um, dry cleaning. Right? Like, where they bring the shirts out to you it and is everything? Al- like, it has always reminded me of that. Well, because later in the movie, Otho makes a joke. He's like, I've heard if you commit suicide, you have to spend the afterworld as a public servant. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Right? That would suck. <laughs> so let's talk social commentary now. Right. Let's go back to Con Air. Let's okay. take it back a little bit. I'm going to take you back on a journey. Honey bunny. That's my hummingbird. <laughs> We're going to go back to Con Air because there's a map <laughs> on the back of the Declaration of Independence. It's called the Contract of San Bagon. At least a treasure. <laughs> it's a treasure map, it's invisible. Anyway, in Connor, remember, Steve Buscemi gives that whole speech. Well, I call crazy working in an office for 30 years and getting nothing but a watch to show for it and then having to go to the nursing home and pray you make it to the bathroom every day before, you you know, hope you die before you're faced with the indignity of not making it to the bathroom. You know? Right. This whole thing, everybody that is working in the office, in the public service sector, Mm -hmm. was a suicide victim. Mm. What slower suicide is there than just being part of the bureaucracy? You know what I mean? Yes. The mundane. Going to the same mundane job that you hate every day, dealing with the same people you don't like, the customers you can't stand, paperwork after paperwork for no goddamn reason whatsoever. <laughs> just to get the paycheck so you can sleep in the house that you pay for with the paycheck so you can go back to work so you can pay to stay there so you can sleep. It's just a re- ridiculous fucking continual cycle of 
working um, to mediocrity Ugh. and mundane bullshit. Ugh. And what worse punishment if you commit suicide what worst hell to put you in then you get to work in an office for the rest of your life for the rest of your afterlife you know what i mean there's my social commentary on that thank you tim burton i think that's what you meant and if it's not that's okay too right anyway so uh they walk by the lost souls and those people they got um you know exercised so now they meet juno and um, Juno is in their house, and the whole thing has been redone. And there's art and crappy shit everywhere, and Juno is telling them that they have to be scary. They have to take care of this themselves. And they're like, what about that beetle guy? And she's like, oh, no, don't ever call him because he's trouble. And she tells them he used to be her assistant. And he got out of control, and they had to fire him. I missed that part. Really? Yeah. She. He used to be her assistant, and he got out of control, and they fired him. Now he's a freelance haunter, bio-exorcist, <laughs> whatever. So they, she's telling him they got to deal with it on their own. So then, this is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh, I'm glad you got one, because I got one, too. Cool. Maybe they're the same one. They're not. I promise you. All right. But this is my favorite it. scene in the whole movie. When the fly is flying... Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the fly's perspective, mm-hmm. and he's flying over the little town, the little right, 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 town. right, right. <laughs> and then the grass starts moving, and the hand comes out, and it's got the zagnut bar. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, come here, look, like I got something for you, I got something <laughs> for you. And then the fly comes over, and he gets grabbed and pulled down, so Beetlejuice can eat him. Right. But he's got the zagnut bar, like the chocolate bar. Come over here and get the this. The funny thing is the. The texture of the grass. Yes, it's I can, like foam. Yes. Yeah. I can I can visually it's see like it. It's like green spray painted foam. Mm-hmm. It's like that same shit. Like every year I look at the, they make those, if you go to the craft store at Halloween time. Yep, I know exactly what you're going to say. The little Halloween towns. I mm-hmm. always want to make one of those, but like where would I put it? Right. You know, because I don't have any, it would have to be in the garage or something. But I wish, I have the little, I bought a couple of these little tombstones. Those are from that. Is that the Undertaker? So I could put my little Undertaker in between that's, them. Yeah, because they're, they're totally to scale with each other. That's it's awesome. Badass. Anyway. Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw you post about the Halloween store. You you, you, you looked oh my so, God. so depressing. Are you crying? I, I think so. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Somebody told me that was fake news, though. Okay. So... Okay. It's fake news. They're not closing the spirit store. Spirit store is amazing. They pop up. I go there every year. (laughs) Trust me, it's fantastic. They love me there. (laughs) Look, they're 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 old Circuit City, you know, stores. (laughs) That's where they place them. So, um, what was I about to? I was about to say something about the uh, fly. No, about uh, I had made some kind of connection to the Rona. On this, and I, it slipped my mind, so I will leave that alone. With the spirit store? No, before oh. that, with the uh, Zagna bar. The Zagna bar and the, uh, but I can't remember. Oh, the phone. No. Anyway. Oh shit! I was trying to. I was trying oh, to. Oh, because go. I was gonna say because I said when you go to the hobby store, uh-huh. and they have the little Halloween town. Mm-hmm. I saw a thing about. Let's put per- Corona into perspective from a. Um, like a what do they call the DIY people the uh, crafters uh-huh. crafting point of view six friends are crafting one of them is crafting with glitter how many people are crafting with glitter 
All of them. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was an excellent, excellent way to put it. Look, I got a, I got a good Rona one, too. They said if Miss Frizzle was around, she would have took the Magic School bus and dissected the Rona virus already. You're right. <laughs> they just the shrank magic down. The Magic School bus? Yeah. yeah I have a little thing for Miss Frizzle. Oh, oh for Shizzle. Oh, Miss Frizzle for Shizzle. Get that ass. Yeah. And she was rhyming all the time. Uh-huh. Man. She yeah, take my hair was a little messed up. Yeah, she'd take you places. A little more messed up. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Magic school bus. You can uh-huh. show give me a ride. I can give my Woo. magic school bus. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. It's funny because the glitter, I had, a, I had a good friend that did a lot of crafting. She actually uh, made me some stuff. But she used to call glitter glurpies. Because it was the herpes of the of the crafting <laughs> world, because everybody got it and you couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, that that whole fly scene—that's my probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. So then we cut to Charles on the phone with his boss, and he is telling his boss that there's all this property in the town that they could buy up and redevelop. Mm-hmm. So even though he likes the small town thing, he can't help but bring big city into it. The funny thing that I thought hilarious was here. Do you remember who his boss was? I don't. Robert fucking Goulet is his boss. And it's so random (laughs) that he's in this movie. And it's like, what the hell? You know who was a huge Robert Goulet fan? Who? My dad. Really? Loved Robert Goulet. And I think my mom loved him a little more than she should have. Every time he came on TV, she was like, oh, Robert Goulet's on TV. I was like, dang, daddy, you're getting something tonight, huh? Right? <laughs> like, anyway. oh, okay. Um, so Charles wants to start buying a property in the town and redeveloping it. And um, he's like, yeah, I don't really see the value in this. And he's like, well, just come out and check it out. And he's trying to get him to come out and, and right. just check it out. So then... Um, we're back to Alec and Gina trying to be haunters, and they're horrible. They're actually wearing sheets, <laughs> and they've got the sheets on, and they're walking around. Ooh, ooh. So um, Lydia sees them, and um, it's so funny because she assumes it's her parents, and she's like, "Can you guys do that weird sexual stuff some other time? Like, I'm trying to sleep." Because <laughs> they're in the sheets and like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> She's the only one that sees them, and then she's like, when she finally sees them, she's like, dude, my mom's going to be pissed when she sees what you did to her sheets, (laughs) because they had cut the holes for the eyes, you know. So they were like, wait, you can see us? And that's when she's like, yeah, well, I read that manual of yours, and it says that people usually ignore the strange and unusual. Right. I myself am strange and unusual. So goth. I love it. So then her mom, she tries, Lydia tries to tell her mom that there are ghosts in the house. And she pretty much got the same response that she got from her dad. The brush that, off. Yeah, I'm way too busy for this. You know, I don't want to hear about your weird gothic nonsense shit. anymore. Yeah. So Delia decides she's having a dinner party with some swanky people are coming over. And she doesn't want to be embarrassed. So she's like, don't embarrass me at this dinner party. You know. Right. So finally they give in. And they're like, it's time. And they say Beetlejuice three times. And then all of a sudden, they're in the model of the city. They're in the, in the little graveyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a grave there that says Beetlejuice on it. And they start digging up 
they start digging up Beetlejuice, and he comes flying out, which is a really cool scene. He comes flying out of the grave, and he's floating. He's like, ah, it's no time. <laughs> and he's really obnoxious, and he's all over Gina Davis, you know? And he actually kisses her, and he's like, hey, babe. Hey, oh, you know, he's like, really like a perverted, kind of like uncomfortable type of thing. And he's really obnoxious, and he's like... Uh, what are your qualifications? That's when he does that whole thing. Oh, I went to Harvard Law and I went through the Black Plague and an extra six hundred six seven times. This is my one of my favorite lines, and it's still funny. He goes because <laughs> he's really psychotic, kind of. He's like, right. I see the extras one hundred six times, and it gets funnier every time I watch it. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> I have a friend, and if you ever hear this, shout out to you, Wade. I have a friend named Wade uh-huh. who is Beetlejuice. Damn. I mean, he okay. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a little story. It's just, it's just all sporadic. This dude. Oh my god. Spontaneity so. is. All him. right. So, Wade. I used to work. We were in the same industry. We used to work for Scott. Gotcha. We we worked for Scott Fresno at the same time. Wade wasn't as outlandish and boisterous as Beetlejuice, but as far as the way he talked and his sense of humor and the way he said, he he would have said, seen the extras 167 times, and it gets funnier every time I want. Like, that's exactly how he would have said it. <laughs> Just a little quieter. Gotcha. We went to a trade show in Long Beach. Okay. As, what is it? Uh, uh, screen printing. Yeah, yeah. I went this, I went this yeah. past year. S- SCIA or whatever it was yeah. at the time. And... Um, we went to the one in Long Beach, mm-hmm. and we had a booth there for a company that we were with. It. And nice. Wade comes over, and he's like, hey, you want to go out and have a smoke real quick? And I'm like, sure, because I knew what Wade meant. He wasn't talking, let's go have a cigarette. He right. wanted to go have a smoke. Right. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Right. So we go outside, and I'm like, I'm thinking we're going to go behind the building or something. Wade pulls out a freaking pipe right there on the freaking main drag right. on the street by the convention center, pulls it out and lights it up. And I'm looking, I'm like... The fuck are you doing? And he was like, I said, we're gonna have a smoke. I was like, You're fucking crazy. I mean, I have too. But yeah, you know, I'm like, Well, we're out here, you know, what are you gonna do? But I already smell like like it, so I might as well. I can't believe we're standing in the street at two o'clock in the afternoon in Long Beach. Uh, You know what I mean? I'm like, You're fucking out of your mind. But that's my Wade story. If you're listening, shout out. Shout out. But um, oh my god, yeah, like. Hope that doesn't incriminate us in any kind of way. I didn't think about that. I should have changed the. His name was not Wade. It was uh, Slade. Slade. Because yeah. <laughs> that's all fucking Deadpool and Deadshot are. Oh yeah, that's right. Wade and Slade. Slade yep. <laughs> Wilson. So funny. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, um, he's trying to give him his credentials, and then uh, he's like. He's like, uh, is the sandworm? Oh, he was talking about the sandworm. He's like, oh, you guys saw the sandworm, huh? Saturn. Saturn's pretty crazy. And then you're like, dude, is the sandworm world Saturn? That's a really interesting thing to think about. Anyway, um, they decide that they don't want his help. And he's like, oh, you're going to be sorry, man. And then, you know, so then he, and then you could tell he's totally a shyster con man because all of a sudden he's dressed just like Alec Baldwin. He's like, come on, man, we're bros. Look, we even shop at the same place. <laughs> like, totally used car salesman. Look, type. that look that has been the the whole time. It's like he's that shysty. Yeah, and it's so funny. That used it, car salesman. It was done so well. Like, yes. Michael Keaton is amazing. Definitely. Um. So then uh, they decide they don't want his help. So then we get to the dinner party, and they're going to try and scare them off themselves. Wait, wait, wait. Did we did we skip a part yet or not? What did we skip? I don't know. Um, 
where he's in the trench coat. And one of the houses turned into a stripper joint. Oh, no, that hasn't happened yet. Okay, cool. That hasn't happened yet. That's my favorite part. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then you find out Juno did that <laughs> to distract him and get him away from them. Right. So, anyway, okay. Yeah, I don't think that happened yet. All right, cool, cool, because, look, that's my part. So then um, they decide they don't want to help. Then we get to the dinner party. So Otho is in his, uh, he makes that joke. That I've heard in the afterlife that the suicide victims become civil servants. <laughs> and then um, he says he used to be a paranormal investigator. So then they're all kind of sitting around talking. And then you get the, Dale, Dale. So, um, they're all doing the, you know, that everybody knows the scene. So I don't comes know. And yeah, we won't go, go home. <laughs> so they're all dancing around and then they all sit down and the hands come out of all the soup bowls and they're like, ah, but it didn't scare them. They actually enjoyed it. Right. So then they're like trying to figure out how can we make money off of this? We can have haunt tours and blah, blah, blah. It'd be great. Lydia, you got to go talk to your friends. And then. They all run to the attic, and they're trying to get the door open, and they all come busting in. And Otho sees the handbook. And I want to know why all these living people can see the fucking handbook. That doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway. And I'm thinking maybe Lydia can see it because she can see them, and maybe Otho can see it because he used to be a paranormal investigator. I don't know. But he takes it. He takes the handbook. And... um, Then um, he takes the handbook, and then Beetlejuice appears as a snake. He comes out with because they decide, okay, we need your help. Beetlejuice, 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 Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. It's showtime. And then the snake comes out and then he comes down and he's like, we come for your daughter, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) And then Gina Davis calls him off and he's all pissed off. He's like, what'd you do that for? I was just getting started. So then uh, that's when your part comes up. All right. And Dante's Inferno Room shows up with girls, 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 and all that. And he's like, Triple X. He's oh, like, hey now. Huh. He goes, hey. And he goes, kind of strutting into it, you know. He starts humping around the air. Yeah, like, that's yeah, my, yeah. I promise you, that is my favorite part. Because he's, look, he's just so obnoxiously right. that sleazy guy yes. that you're like, he definitely would go to a strip club. He's like slimy. Yeah, and he's like, come on, baby, come on. And he's on. like that dude that none of the girls would want to dance for because <laughs> right. he's too creepy. <laughs> right. He's having too good a time. Oh, shit. That Look, every time, like 106 times. <laughs> right. And it's always funny. 165 times it gets funnier every time. I see. <laughs> look, every time. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Favorite part of the movie, I, I promise you. I got a ghost chubby. Yes, I do. <laughs> Snap into it. Chuck. <laughs> I like that line, too. We come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> and it, it almost seemed real, uh, real fucking uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. So you get right there if you pay attention. He had his eye on Winona Ryder from the beginning. Uh-huh. Because at the end of the movie, obviously, he's trying to marry her. So right. So you knew from the beginning, he was like, oh, I like her. Hubba she's, hubba. She's dark and scary like me. So anyway, um, the Dante Infer- Dante's Inferno Room. <laughs> so then Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin end up back in Juno's office, and she's got a bunch of dead football players around her. <laughs> right. And, and they're like, what's going on, coach? And she's like, I'm not your coach. I'm not your coach. Oh, dumb, you know. So then um, they messed up, and she's like, you called him. Why did you do that? And then she pretty much, 
yells at him, like, you better get out there and handle this yourself, and don't bring him back into this. I distracted him. She made the Dante's Inferno room to get rid gotcha. of Gotcha. So then, um, Charles and Delia are talking with Otho about bringing in an exorcist. And then Lydia is being very gothic again. She's writing a suicide note um, in her room. And then Alec and Gina now have to get rid of the uh, deets and get the handbook back. Because, oh yeah, Juno's really pissed that a they human got it. a hold of the handbook too. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're trying to, that's when they try to make the scary faces. They warp their face. She like pulls her face on. She looks like a weird bird and her eyeballs are in her mouth and all that. And, she um, almost looks like the. Did you ever see that Momo thing? Yes. That's what. She does kind of like Momo. That's what I thought when I first saw Momo. Yeah, that's like when I used to go to K Momo to get my Jinkos. <laughs> Jinko. Jinko Jing, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I rocked that shit all over the place in the 90s. I just love K Momo because they had the big oversized shirts. Man. And yeah. big, clearly big oversized jeans if you're talking Jinko. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you have trip pants? No, you, I. You they know. never made trim pants big enough for me. Cause I'm gotcha. fat. <laughs> I did have the. I will show you this I'm though. Fat. Hang on, I'll show you this right now. Because I'm fat. That was funny. Like, damn. I did have these trip arm. Oh, things though. damn! Hell yeah, I pulled them right out of my drawer damn. next to me. I still rock these till about so, two years ago. So Final Fantasy. Hell yeah! <laughs> Look, they say trip right on them too. Oh shit! We need to take pictures of this shit. And put oh off my on a, gosh! Inst, on the Insta, yo, that is funny. Like seriously, that dude, is I was still rocking funny. those at American Screen Supply for a little while. I believe back it. in the day. I believe it. Which was a Wednesday. <laughs> Anywho, damn, son. But, <laughs> you like look my whip that right out. Look, my my thighs are fat, but my ankles my, ain't no my my my, my wrist. My, my wrist. <laughs> I keep that in the in my bedside dresser right there. Oh man! Right my, next to my nine, in case I need to grab either one of them for get, whatever reason. Get a little <laughs> freaky, right? <laughs> Yo, that probably made my day. I'm not. That's gonna awesome. You. You're like, yeah, fuck I, 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 I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't wear the pants, but my wrists were okay. Goddamn right. <laughs> I wasn't tripping. Oh, <laughs> tripping. That's a trip. Anyway, that's so funny. That's funny. So then, uh, uh, Lydia, Lydia meets Beetlejuice. And he's playing charades with her to try to get her to say his name so he can come back. And she's like, um, he's making all the, she's like, what? He's holding up orange juice. She's like, beetle, beetle orange, (laughs) beetle drink, beetle breakfast. He's like, no, no. Oh, beetle juice. He's like, yes. It's like beetle juice. And then she's about to say it. She only says it twice. And then, um. They, uh, oh, what happened? I think that Gina Davis runs in and stops her, I think. Right. Don't say his name. What's wrong with you? So they're talking, and um, they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then Lydia's telling them she wants to be dead, like them. And they're like, no, no, you don't want to be dead. That sucks. Like, you got so much to live for. They're kind of being parents to her. Right. Where her other parents are kind of... Here's where we get kind of the relationship with Lydia and the couple because her parents kind of blow her off. Right. The Delia is her stepmom to begin with. It's not even her real mom. We don't know what happened to her. But then Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin have kind of taken her in as a daughter that they never had. Right. So they're telling you, you don't want to be dead. 
And then um, Charles, you find out, wants to make the whole town a haunted attraction. And um, they're trying to get, you know, more hauntings to happen. So Otho is having a seance um, to call the ghost up because they keep telling Lydia, bring your friends, bring your friends. She's like, they don't want to come down. Right. They don't want to cooperate. So they're like, we're just going to conjure them and make them do what we want so we can make this whole haunted attraction and make a lot of money. So they found their wedding clothes and they lay them out on the table and that's how they're conjuring them. So then Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin come up in their wedding clothes and they're saying the seance stuff. Oh, they're saying all the, the spells or whatever. And um, they're turning into corpses. Like they're starting to rot away as they're talking. So then Lydia goes back and, and um, she's trying to get Beetlejuice to help them. And then that's when he says he'll only help them if she marries him because he needs to be married to get out and stay out. So he's not bound by his name anymore. So he's conned her right there again. Right. And so she says, okay, I'll do anything you want. Just help them. So since she's like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And then he's like, all right, it's showtime. So then the big bad air creature comes out. And at the seance, like, Charles's bosses are there. So Robert Goulet's there with his wife. And there's, like, a couple other people or something like that. And then the big bad air creature comes out, the Beetlejuice creature with, like, the bad ears and the square right. head and all that. And uh, <laughs> he's got the two hammers for hands. And he hits them, and they go through the roof. <laughs> so then Otho's trying to escape. And... um I can't remember what happened to Otho. Do you remember what happened to Otho? I didn't write it down. Anyway, Otho's trying to escape, and something bad happens to him. So then, um, oh, he puts him in a bad suit. And Otho's <laughs> like, no! <laughs> so then it's time for the wedding, and then Beetlejuice has that badass red tux that I love. I thought it was really, it was supposed to be tacky, but I thought it was really cool. And, and then uh, I think Lydia's dress was red too, if I remember right, or it was black. But then um, the mom sculptors start coming to life and walking around, which is also very Tim Burton-y because they're just these weird shape things with legs, and they kind of trap everybody and they're holding them in place. And then the the walls open up, and the creepy minister comes out, which is like this little midget gray alien looking guy with a giant head and he comes waddling out of the thing that kind of reminded me of something from hellraiser like something that could have came out of hellraiser right so yeah it is definitely a red dress <laughs> yep so then he comes waddling out and everybody's trying to say his name to get rid of him but he's like covering everybody's mouth um he knocks alec baldwin's teeth out and he sends gina davis to saturn with the sandworm mm -hmm. so they can't say his name and get rid of him and uh, the minister's about to pronounce them man and wife when uh, Alec drives the mini car into his foot from the... Because uh, he shrank Alec Baldwin down and threw him into the... The town. The town. Mm -hmm. So he's driving the little mini car from earlier in the movie. <laughs> and he drives it into his foot. Right. And then before he can say I do... And then Gina Davis has somehow captured the sandworm, and she comes busting through the ceiling riding the sandworm, and just it swallows Beetlejuice and keeps going. Mm -hmm. So then he's gone. And everybody's like, oh, we're saved. So then you cut to a little while later, maybe a month later or whatever, um, Lydia is dressed in a school uniform, 
mm-hmm. like a regular school uniform. She's got a regular haircut, regular makeup. She's not all gothy anymore. And then she comes home and she's happy and she's got a report card. And then Alec and, Alec and Baldwin and Gina Davis are there and they're like, are you doing good in school? And she's like, I got an A on my math test. <coughs> and Charles is sitting in the other room and he's reading his paper and he's happy. And then, um, oh, he's actually reading the handbook, the recently deceased handbook. And then Delia comes out and she's got a sculpted Beetlejuice head from when he was the snake. Right. And he turns around and he's like, bah! And she goes, I knew you'd love it. And she goes running back. And so she's happy now too. And everybody's happy. And then Lydia's like, okay, I got an A on my math test. Can we do it? Can we do it? And they're like, yeah, we can do it. So that's when she goes floating into the air and she's singing that, shake, 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 senora, shake your body, right? And then she's dancing and singing and she's having a great time. And then all the football players are like dancing behind her on the stairs. All the dead football players for some reason are there. So then um, that's their happy ending. So then we cut to Beetlejuice um, in the waiting room, that same waiting room. He's sitting there and rubbing he's, the legs. He's sitting next to the lady with that's cut in half, and he's rubbing on. He's filling her the up on her legs. Assistant. And then he turns around and she's staring at him. He's like, "Oh, oh sorry." You know. And then he's sitting. He moves. He's sitting between the guy with the shrunken head and the the African pygmy guy, whatever. Right, the, right, 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 right. That shrunk his head. And he looks down at his number, and he's like 5,874,000 or whatever. And he looks, and the now serving is like a number three. <laughs> so then he looks over, and the guy that had shrunk the other dude's head has number four. Has number four. So he's like, hey, look. And I can't remember what he says. It's like Bob Barker or something. But then like, he switches their numbers, and he's like, oh, looks like I'm next. And the guy starts shrinking his head. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. What are you doing? No, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait a minute. That's going to be a good look for me. You know, like. <laughs> so then his head gets shrunk. And then we go back to Lydia dancing. And it's a happy ending. And then that's the end. And we roll credits. And that, my friends, is Beetlejuice. Yeah. Gotta love it. I do like this movie. Yeah, I don't think we can do a BBG oh. meter on this meter, on this movie, and any of it. Um, but we can on a scale one to ten. What do you think? One being the worst, ten being the best. It's a seven. I would give this movie a solid seven. Like, Maybe yeah, because okay. So here's the thing. It's short. It is short, and I like it, and I really appreciate Michael Keaton's definitely performance in the movie. Um, I was never, and I don't, I don't want to get stoned for this or another but i was never a huge fan of beetlejuice no i like the movie i watch it i love mm-hmm. it i think it's good but i would never really crazy about it like a lot of people were like oh beetlejuice man oh i was more always more of a mike uh nightmare before christmas guy gotcha when it came to tim burton mm-hmm. um but i do love beetlejuice because it fits into the like Ethos. the burton universe yeah um but i was never it was never like a a cult thing to me. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what and I mean? It, and it is, it's def, it's definitely a, it has a, its own cult following. Yes. For sure. Clearly, it has a fucking Broadway show. Right. So. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do love it. I do love it. But um, I was just, it was never like, 
background. It wasn't a go-to movie, movie for me. Yeah, yeah, it was like, and everyone's, oh, you've never seen Beetlejuice? Well, we're going to watch it. Right. It was never, I'm doing laundry, let me put something, ah, I'm going to watch Beetlejuice. Right. You know? Like, uh, yeah, just it wasn't it wasn't that to me. But see, I'd give it a seven, solid seven, because it is entertaining. Definitely. It's got the um, nostalgia factor to it, mm-hmm. and it's a good movie all the way around. The effects are uh, totally Tim Burton-y, which is really cool. The, the thing that I can respect about Tim Burton <laughs> is that, like, I love how, like you were saying about, um, you know, the the normalities of life, you know. And right. I love how he always makes that, he, he shows the perspective of that, and then he goes, Tim Burton, you know, because he shows. It's always that. Um, mediocrity. He always shows that. Your normalcy is weird. Uh-huh. I'm not weird. You're weird. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's, it does it, he does the same thing in Edward Scissorhands. He does know? the same thing in Batman Returns yeah. Yeah. with with Felicia Kyle, uh, mm-hmm. Catwoman. Um, when she becomes Catwoman, like right. she was the office assistant bringing coffee and just the whatever blah blah blah. You know what can I what can I get you, sir? And then after she becomes Catwoman, she's the strong feminine force of nature. You know her whole thing changes after she breaks out of that. Right. It's all about. I think it's all about normalcy is the weirdness you know but even into uh well even like uh sleepy hollow right everybody looked at the johnny depp character like what a weirdo but he was he had everything dialed in it crane Crane. he had it all figured out he ended up being the hero at the end Mm -hmm. you know frank and weenie you know i've never seen it oh really i've never seen it. oh you brought it up earlier so i was like oh man dude it's a that's a good movie but it's uh it's the same thing where the the weirdo kid ends up being the one that knows what's going on. He's the hero of the story, and it 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 starts. And that's why I think so many people that feel like they're on the outskirts of normalcy or society or whatever, like um, get it. I'm gonna say like me, you know, because mm-hmm. I felt like most of my life they look at that and go, being different's not bad, right? You know, it's just like. Uh, Did you like the nine movie? Oh the oh with Johnny Depp? No no it's, no it's nine it's like there. Oh no I was thinking of uh, the Ninth Gate. That is that the the writer one? Yes. Oh the that one movie's amazing. Where he's like fucking the devil at the oh, end. Oh I love that the, movie. In front of yes. Hell's yeah. Gate, right. I love that movie. I like I didn't I didn't get that until it's underrated. Like later it's in life. Fucking underrated. Anyway, um, I've that never was, seen nine. That was the with like the 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 voodoo dolls almost like yeah. Um, I'd have to watch it again. I've only seen it like once, and I had the DVD. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, I think The Secret Window is what you're talking about. Oh, that is... I the think Secret Window is what you're talking definitely, about. But that one's good, too. That is definitely the one. The one where he's a writer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Ninth Gate is, is different. It's a little darker, but... So yeah. so is that the one where, again, he's like fucking the, the devil I, chick at the end or whatever? Yes. In the grass or whatever? Yes. Okay. Um. But yeah, they're both good movies. Anyway... Yes. um. I like the whole thing of normals. Um, being different isn't bad. Right. Being different is good. Being different means you're your own person. Right. You can still accomplish things being different. Right. And I always thought that was cool. Anyway, I would like to now take a gander at what we're going to be doing next time. Hell yeah. Like I said, I'm very excited. We're doing this. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet. But something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? 
We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. Tina! What's the coroner got to say? He's in the jaw puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. of the hills have eyes and last house on the left a new masterpiece in fantasy terror nightmare on elm street and if nancy doesn't wake up screaming she won't wake up at all dude that i'm excited sounded, that almost sounded like a dude from thriller oh what's his vincent name? price there you go oh man if i could do a vincent price that would be awesome speaking of johnny depp though yeah, he's um, i'd say he's he's this was his first movie yep so yeah we're doing it we're jumping right into the horror movie finally look and the funny all... thing is like, listening to just that trailer it right. was really 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 80s you yes i know in the background. it's awesome i was like damn <laughs> so i didn't okay so here's what i did so um my lady's name is Ro, and she has previously not really watched horror movies. Mm-hmm. And so I'm living here now, right. and I decided well, we're going to watch some horror movies. I'm going I'm to break you in. So I decided, I thought, when I think Freddy Krueger, I think cheesy one-liners and not that scary and something to kind of ease you into the genre. Mm-hmm. I showed her Nightmare on Elm Street. It gave her nightmares. Yeah. It fucked her up. You got to think. You watch a scary movie, so you're already going to think about the scary movie. Right. But now this scary movie is about your dreams? Yeah, and Come so on. I was thinking, like, I, of course, I guess I'm desensitized. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this can't be. It's not even scary. And she, yeah, it fucked her up. Yeah. But see, the end, if you look over to your, what is that, your left? The the end when they get in the car. Right. And the car's got the Freddy thing, the Freddy. The fucking stripes. The, yeah, when the cover comes up on the car and it's Freddy stripes and they, they lock the door and it's right. That really messed her up. Really? And I was like. You think that was an homage like Christine? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. But I was like, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to like. Yeah, she, the next morning she's like, I had nightmares about that movie all night. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I thought I was. Easy into something something groovy here, you know. Like, I don't know. So anyway, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, ladies and gentlemen. We will be doing that next on Seven Hundred Tapes podcast, and I'm excited because we've dipped our toes in horror up right. to this point. We've dipped our toes right. in elements of horror, comedy horror, action horror, sci-fi. We, sci-fi. We haven't really delved right into an, a horror movie, much less an '80s classic like Nightmare on Elm Street. This is one of my all-time favorites. I'm very excited to do this next episode. And, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So don't miss it. So, yes. Um, that will be next time. And uh, 
What else you got going on? Any other final thoughts on Beetlejuice? No. So this is the music from the end. It had a good soundtrack. Yeah. I like to shake, 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 senor. Oh, somebody was, I, I read something and they were saying, because this song, um, they were saying that Jim Carrey and uh-huh. The Mask right. probably drew a lot of inspiration oh, from this. Oh, you're right. They call me Cuban Pete. Uh-huh. I'm the king of the rumba beat. Dude, it's very similar. Yeah, you got to think, you know, because Michael Keaton's, you know, persona and everything in this it's real. It is. It's very real low similar. key. Yeah. You know, it's real. You're right. It's mischievous. It's dope, right? A little more sinister. Yeah, I'm bobbing my head as we're talking. <laughs> I, I believe you. And of course, this song. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Beetlejuice is a little more sinister, I think, than right. The Mask. A little more. Uh, dang, if you had gotten Beetlejuice around Cameron Diaz, I don't know what would have happened. Uh, <laughs> hey, baby. So, anyway. Hey guys, uh, we're going to call this a wrap on this episode, but stick around because right at the end, after this song is done playing, I am going to include the original intro to this show with all the Father's Day material, so if you guys want to stick around for that, do it! I got some exciting stuff coming up for the next podcast. We're going to do a contest that is going to stream over the next few podcasts, so stay tuned for that. We're going to put a cool prize package together that you guys can win. And I think everybody's going to like it. So on behalf of the man, the myth, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado, I am Jasperino. Bidding you adieu until next time from the 700 Tapes podcast. We will catch you motherfuckers on this flip side. Peace. Don't go to sleep. Nora, she's a sensation, the reason for aviation. And fellas, you got to watch it. When she wind up, she bottom, she go like a rocket. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. High star skirts a little higher. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Off the chimney. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Calypso, left to right is the tempo, and when she gets the sensation, she go up in the air, come down in slow motion, jump in the line, rock your body in time, okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body in time, somebody help me, jump in the line, rock your body in time, okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body in time, shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line, The 700 Tapes podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not own any of the clips you will be hearing on this program. The 700 Tapes podcast will contain adult language and adult content. If you're easily offended, please stop listening now. (laughs) 
In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to The 700 Tapes Podcast. Come in the kitchen. You in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. Eating up all the food. All the chicken. All the pig feet. Ate my dinner. My mashed potatoes. That good old gravy I like. And biscuits I like to sop that gravy in. You ate all it up. You drink up all the milk. Don't care what kind of milk it is. You don't care. 2%, 3% buttermilk, patent milk. Pull the cow in the patent milk can. I bet you eat that too. What's wrong with you? I'm hiding my grapes. You gonna eat up all my grapes. I wanna eat some of them chitlin. I love pig feet. The barbecue pig feet were gone. You got grease all over your damn mouth. You know, I had a sweet potato pie in there. You ate the whole pie. Left me that little plastic thing there. The nudie bar. <laughs> Where you can't touch a breast, but you can cave in a chest. At the nudie bar. Where you can look at a thigh and blacken an eye. At the nudie bar. Where the beer gives you gas, but the Bundys kick ass. At the nudie bar. Because I'm your mother and you're doing it. That's final. I was thinking, there's a lot of germs flying Yeah, Mama's a yeah. stupid idea about working. Ah, that's enough. You boys heard your mother. We have always said you have to concentrate on your schoolwork before wasting your time on dead-end jobs. You have got your whole life to work and only one chance to learn. I told them to get jobs, Hal. The value of hard work. Money doesn't grow on trees. The sooner you two kids have jobs, the better. There's no way. No way that you could come from my loins. Soon as I get home, the first thing I'm gonna do is punch your mama in the mouth. His what? His Fasha, Dr. Evil. His Farger? What's a Farger? His Fasha. Uh, gold member, I don't speak freaky deaky Dutch. Okay, perv boy? Fasha, he's dad. Dad is Fasha. Oh, he's dad. Oh, his father. Yes, I have a Dutch accent. Isn't that weird? I'm the one who brings the Christmas candy. Now tell me. Who's your daddy? I'm the one who brings the devil's brandy. Who's your daddy? I'm the one who beats you when you're bad. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Come on, sweetie. Give the old man some sugar. <laughs> daddy. Turn to the dark side and join me. I'll never join you! You killed my father! No, Luke. 
I am your father. That's not true! That's impossible! And Princess Leia is your sister. That's not true! That's improbable! And the Empire will be defeated by Ewoks. That's very unlikely. And as a child, I built C-3PO. And the Force? Well, that's just microscopic bacteria in your bloodstream called midichlorians. Look, if you're not going to take this seriously, I'm out. separate ways.